2: Nah, I'm just kidding, I'm actually here this week. Uh, hello everybody, it's just after 8 o'clock uh, and it is Midweek Motorsports Series 35... Uh, sorry, Series 15, episode 34, actually, I think. I may have misnumbered our, uh, our chat, for which I apologise to the rest of the gang. Uh, thank you for your patience from last week. Tim Gray pulled off a technical masterclass in between us going on air or not on Thursday and getting us back up and running uh, under 24 hours after that, including getting some new equipment into the MCR, uh, a technical tour de force, and then we still did two live events at the weekend from two different locations uh, and using two different studios and sometimes cross-fertilising between the both of them. I don't know either. That's why we have... Tim Gray, there's only one Tim Gray, and he's up in London tonight, and on a packed programme we have what, TG?
3: We have all the usual features, and I would point out that uh, all that magic at the weekend with two things and two other things and two other things uh, was done without uh, me being in either of the studios.
2: No, but you did put it all together, and it's all digital now, apparently.
3: All digital, apart from the bits that aren't.
2: (laughs) Indeed so. So... Uh, And to go back to my original... The the carbon-based
3: items which sit between the seats and the microphone.
2: They're not digital. Unless they just tap it with their fingers. Look, that. That's digital noise because that's my finger tapping the microphone. Uh, Thank you to Rob and to Kerry last week who got us on the air for everything that we needed to do. On a packed show tonight on Midweek Motorsport, we have what?
3: Uh, We'll have lots of news. Uh, We'll have our usual guests. Uh, Nick Damon and Shay Adam, Uh, we'll be talking about uh, some things that are happening in the future, some in the very near future, uh, and some a little bit further away. So, something that's happening this weekend, and something which is happening in a month's time. Uh, And we've got a big interview as well, and it's another in our series of authors.
2: It is indeed, and this week, the technology allows, which fingers crossed but Tim is on it Uh, we will be speaking to Pete Lyons now Pete I'm very envious of Pete for a number of things he was covering motorsport in the 1960s the 1970s and the 1980s and he has just published a book about uh, Don Nichols and Shadow and it's outstanding we'll be talking about him and by the way how many Grand Prix did Shadow win? I've, I've got Nick Damon here. He's not going to go hooray, but but he's our F1 correspondent. How many Grand Prix did Shadow win? One. And when was that?
4: 78?
2: Oh! Seven. 77. And what date was it? Oh, I have no idea. August the 14th. Oh. Okay. August the 14th, so we are So we're doing this too late. Yeah. Peter is a very busy lad, all right? Uh, anyway, so that, that comes up in our...
3: Uh, 42nd anniversary.
2: <laughs> 42nd and two weeks anniversary, which everybody should be commemorating, of course, at the moment. We'll have some bike news. Uh, we will uh, be looking... Uh, I know that, Tim, you love a bit of calendar news, so there's bound to be some calendar news tonight. Yes, we'll we've get got that some in. special
3: WRC calendar news.
2: Oh, WRC calendar news. Okay, fantastic. Uh, I've just been told by the boss it wasn't funny that I let the bed play underneath.
3: Well, I wasn't going to say anything, <laughs> but that's just the thing that angers the responsible adult. And yeah, you uh, will have to face the wrath of the responsible adult uh, when the show is complete.
2: That that may mean that I don't get my strober- homemade strawberry ricotta cake later on. Or indeed a glass uh, with, of wine. With lemon curd cream. I've, well, I I looked after myself for wine for at least the first part of the programme. At Speccutainment is the place to get in touch. You all know that now. Hello to Tom Abramatis who is listening tonight to Right Turn Lover and to Kevin Payne, who's looking forward to Pete Lyons. I loved David Tremaine last week. Great series of authors lined up. Hello to Serafina Chew, who's tuned in tonight as well. Stephen, looking forward to listening in live from a much calmer weather conditions in Hythe in Kent. Uh, also to uh, Chris Smith, uh, who is looking forward to some Pikes Peak news. Oh, yes, we will have a little bit of that. Monica Elysium. Monica, how are you getting ready to start another semester of schoolwork and tuned in from the Cube at the moment? Uh, good to hear that you're tuned in, Monica. Make sure you make time for yourself, uh, particularly with the lovely scenery that you have. Hello to, uh, to Kevin Payne, I think we mentioned. Dave Alcock. Uh, looking forward to joining you. Do you have the repair tool mightier than Thor's hammer? The mallet of rapid reset in case of computer or internet issues. Uh, all, all we have and all that is required is one Tim Gray. He can work his magic better than Harry Potter, I'm telling you. And, you know, the wand of whatever it was. You she will made now books, be have made she- you? I tried not to, no. By the way,
3: when you're allowed to travel to Florida, she will sit you down and make you watch all eight films.
2: Okay. Back Hello to about. Glenn Brown. Hello to Eric Offertal. Listening in to today's show with our newest, newest collective member, five-day-old Everett Offital. Already watched his five Indy 500 from the hospital, so started him off properly. Then Eric, well done. And presumably, I have to speak. Hello to Carol Brink and to Brodie. No airfares tonight in the garage, taking apart a lathe uh, this time. No technical issues this week, please. What, while you're taking the lathe apart or from us? Yeah, I knew what you meant. Don't worry. Uh, Chris Suku, um, uh, a Macedonia of fruit with creme fraiche before retiring uh, to uh, the study, I think that should be, for some faffage. Looking forward to the show tonight okay. Macedonia boots
3: sounds far more exotic than it really is of course
2: yeah uh, Jack Gabriel uh, podcasting this week loading, loading the BMW 330 challenge car for a track day brands tomorrow can you wish Chick- Ch- Chris Chadwick aka Chad has a happy birthday he's my best friend and loves the show no we can't do that it's not 2 weird family favourites oh I seem to have done it anyway Alex Orkin is tuned in tonight. Supper will be a surprise. Sally is bringing it to me in my office so I can listen into Midweek Motorsport and work late at, work late at the same time. Stephen Gardner, Canam, although way before my time looks interesting. EFA is again working. Uh, work is back to full, busy even from home. Podcast for me. Stay safe all. Thank you, Stephen, and to you as well. Uh, hello to... Darren Shepson, can't listen live uh, currently, packing to take part in the 2CV, 24 hour this weekend, I'll be listening on the way to Snetterton at the weekend, 2CVs this weekend, okay? Uh, Simon Hoff getting ready for an evening of RC racing therapy and more weird than one, looks like he's building a 12th scale something or other, what do you reckon to that Nick, is that an RC or something else, hang on I will better fit you up
4: it uh, looks like one. I'm It could be just a scale model, but it's got okay. to, uh, a look about it.
2: Ian McCarthy has feet up IPA. Uh, India Pale Ale, that is. Paul tuning in live tonight. Uh, many thanks for the wonderful coverage of the IMSA racing uh, last weekend. It was good, wasn't it? Uh, Patrick John listening in. Sam Pierce listening with a few glasses of red. Would seem I get a little snap-happy over the weekend. Lots of photographs to... Look through. Hang on. Six-wheel Tyrrell. Geordie Schechter, six-wheel Tyrrell, Lawler T70. Where were you at the weekend, Sam? Fantastic stuff. Brandon Sawyer is tuning in live from Atlanta with a frosty glass of lemonade. Dedrick Baker says listening live while working. All the latest motorsport news from
5: around the world. Midweek Motorsport.
2: Uh, Stand by, we'll have some more of your tweets at Spectertainment later on. Where would you like to start with the top story tonight, Tim?
3: Well, we have already introduced Nick Damon, haven't we?
2: Yeah, but we haven't done it. It depends what you're asking him about now.
3: Well, we've said hello to Nick Damon. Yes, but... He hasn't said hello to me yet.
2: No, no, but we have to do it properly. What's the top story? How We've done this show for 15 years, and for at least the last three years... Oh, more more than that, we've
3: introduced Nick by saying, good evening, Nick Damon. And he says, good evening, Tim. And then I tell him what we're going to talk about.
4: What are you going to talk about, Tim?
3: We're going to talk about Formula One, Nick.
4: Hooray!
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. I don't know where that was going, but okay. I suddenly thought I'd better stop. Okay. In a
4: Washington um, football
2: team sort of way. Okay, stop. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Tim? Uh,
3: Just to recap, last week, um, I know a lot of people didn't listen live because they couldn't. No, Um, but
2: lots of people downloaded. Lots of people downloaded. Thank you.
3: um, I obviously haven't downloaded, so I haven't listened. Did we talk about the Concord (laughs) Agreement?
2: Uh, yes
4: Yes We did say it had been signed
2: It has by been ratified and signed
3: By yes, all by of the teams uh, yes. First of all by the three most successful teams in the history of Formula 1 That's McLaren, Williams and beleaguered Ferrari
4: Yeah, beleaguered Ferrari Bele- oh, Is that yeah. what we're calling them now? <laughs> beleaguered Ferrari That's interesting You've got- Yeah, and then, then everyone else followed suit So they got all 10 Then did
3: you talk about collusion?
4: Uh, no Is that collusion? Is that the new
2: name for Alfa Could well be <laughs> <laughs> Is there oh, no, system? surely. It's their Sh- new Hang scent, on. isn't it? It's the no, new no, scent collusion. I've, I've got that entirely F1. wrong. Of course, that's the new name for Racing Point, isn't it? Well, it could be.
3: Well, according to Colin Collins, it
2: is. Oh, good old Colin. We did mention Colin Collers last week about how he thought that um, Matteo Benotto was a very good engineer, but no good as a people person. Good with nuts and bolts, not good with carbon-based life forms. Yes. Anyway, move it. So, what's Colin Collers said this week. This is great. Colin Collers has becoming our go-to, um, uh, our go-to soundbite person. He's taking over from Helmut Marco, Jackie Stewart, obviously Nicola no longer quoting,
4: um, and others.
2: And he said "Your favourite,
4: the Italian." Oh, Flavio Bertoldi. There you go. What, what about Who's the Canadian? Oh, Jacques Villeneuve. He's not said much recently.
3: He's not been asked. Uh, yeah, points? Jacques. Uh, Flavio Briatore, uh, yesterday when that story broke, I thought, let's lead with Flavio Briatori and do a story about COVID and how if a company that employs lots of people has 60 of its staff contract COVID-19 and then the local uh, council tells them they've got to shut and then the owner of that company says, no, it's not real. And then... 70-year-old owner of that company guest himself. That's a little ironic, isn't it?
2: Uh, no, but Flavio Briatori isn't real. If Flavio Briatore didn't exist, we would have to invent him. Let's be honest. Hey, Do you, do you want hey. to give the quotes
3: that uh, Flavio no, said? Nick? No, can no, we just oh. move on from Flavio? No, no, Flav- no, no,
2: it's fine. Move on from Flavio. Hey, I've got, a, I you got you a sniffle. Did
3: we <laughs> right. talk about uh, Turkish Delight? Yeah,
4: no, well, well we, we, the thing is, though, actually, we're, we're, s- I don't really know where you're going with this because there's, t- there's there's two things. Which well, s- I'm delighted. Two, there are two things which spin on from the Concord agreement, both directly and indirectly. Um, the first of which, obviously, is the announcement the following day about Williams, and the second one is the announcement today about Renault. So we're we going to this individual. Would you pick them up now? Oh
3: well, let's do Renault first.
4: Right. So Renault have decided to drop. Their objection or their appeal against the Racing Point um, penalty. So, they so they've it? dropped the protest yes. against the they protest be, that got the penalty. They wanted it to be harder and harsher and nastier, but no, they've dropped it. Um, and now I think it only remains as of this moment, that may change by tomorrow, that only Ferrari are still wanting it to get worse, but Racing Point still are appealing to make it less bad. Yes. Um, and the reason for this is that uh, in the marvellous spirit of six days of, of harmony since they signed the agreement, um, they've been absolutely told by the FIA that it will never happen again and they're going to put in rules to prevent it happening again and this, this, they're going to make it much tougher and they're going to be absolutely police all elements of um, of cars being developed by somebody else. Even though... We all know that in a static amount of rules, actually selling your a year-old cars is not a bad idea. Anyway, the other thing to remember <laughs> is that um, obviously there will still be a copycat car next year because they're not changing the racing point for next year. Yeah. The following year is the start of new regulations, so you can't copy something that doesn't exist. The second year is you're never going to copy a car from the first year regulation because you can always improve in the second year. So this is not going to happen in 2025 anyway. Right. So, they okay. pull, so no one's going to rabbit. So they've so, got five years for what's happening.
2: So, anyway. so what you're saying is Racing Point are going to be running the 2019 Mercedes brake ducts until 2025? Be, there be
4: many, many other things. Like, no, the ducts are very different from, from once we had the big wheels. Very different ah, brake ducts. I see. So they'll have to change them. Yes. But what I'm saying is that there won't be another copycat car ah, because okay. there's no point copying cars. um, in the early parts of regulation, because you can't improve on the year one of a completely new set of regulation. Law hanging fruit, isn't don't it? don't deserve
2: to be there. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, Williams.
4: Yes, Williams have been bought out. And this is really annoying, because I've forgotten the name of the, com- the capital company has bought them out. They've been bought out by an American venture capitalist, but not a nasty venture capitalist, a touchy-feely <laughs> venture on, capitalist. Hang on. Stop. Stop. <laughs> not a nasty. Right. Venture capitalists, as we know, buy an organisation Either, and then try to dramatically increase its value by uh, asset within it. three years by either asset stripping it, by maximising what it was doing. Don't forget that's what um, <coughs> CVC did to F1. They made everyone pay super amounts of money without any thought of actual policy or anything else. Um, and, but no, the, the, the company's called is called uh, is Dor-, 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 Dor Capital, Correct. who are a friendly. Uh, investment company house in that they actually want to love and mollycoddle and cuddle their companies they buy and keep them for more than three years.
2: Now, we talked about this a little bit, actually, in our coverage of the uh, e-racing at the weekend because in the Creventic race, we had two Williams e-sport teams. Yes, we did. And what we hadn't quite worked out was whether that was part of the deal. And you were explaining how... Quite a lot of what we would think of as Williams had already been broken up. And this is actually only Williams F1 that's been.
4: Williams Advanced Engineering has gone. um, Had gone already. Had gone already, um, which includes all the stuff which is sold to Fauna E, for example. That's all in that element. However, the Williams Grand Prix Engineering, as we all know it, which became Williams F1 when they went public on the German Stock Exchange seven years ago, something like that, Uh, that's what the Cove said. But obviously, this also includes the museum and Grove and everything else. But they'd already
2: sold some of the cars anyway? No, no,
4: no, they've mortgaged them. Ah, correct. Good point. Yes. Um, Oh, thank you. So that'll pay all that back. So so effectively, it means that Williams will continue as we knew them. Uh, Obviously. Initially, the get, the point is that they reckon that Dalton will put in a couple of people under the board. and But the Williams
2: name continues yes. and the entry continues and it remains a, yeah. an, a British No, it's American now. Concern. It's American now. But it's going to be based in the UK. But there are
4: now no British-owned teams. Oh, wow. Britain has seven of the F1 teams based in the UK. There are no British-owned teams. Wow. It's yes, good point. all passed to other doesn't matter. It's an international sport. Doesn't and, what, really matter. and what
2: we don't know, of course, well, no. Look at the Premiership. Look at everything else. What we don't know, of course, is what is going to happen with the management structure.
4: Yeah, and I and I would think that they will that uh, Dalton will come in. They'll have a damn good look at it, and I expect that over the closed season there will be changes. One
2: hundred thirty-two million pounds is what they paid for it, which is euros. I uh, know it was a bit more than that in euros. That was oh, what sorry, it was. I thought, I thought euros is oh, fine. Uh, you. Uh, you, you, well, I I, I apologise if I'm if I'm wrong. Um, which is you know barely a decent striker, frankly, <laughs> for the Premiership. Uh, at, at the at the moment, Messi leaving Barcelona will probably go for about that amount of of money. Do there was see how he left. By facts. Straight, F- straight F- yes. By out. By facts. I got dumped he's by facts. F- F-
4: yeah but, the, the, yeah, but you got dubbed by fax in period, didn't you? you? Probably got dubbed in the early nineties by fax. Yeah. No. Do, sending a fax to resign in twenty twenty. I'm surprised there's a machine at the other end to receive it.
2: Well, the, the thing is, well, now we know what be. he's going to do. Well, we know what he's going to do. He's he's going to set. He's going to go up. Against Sean Tott as the president of the FIA, isn't he? He'll probably win because <laughs> that's the only. I mean, that's the only reason he'd have a fax. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, you completely throw me off. That. Oh yeah, 132 million <laughs> <of laughs> something's of which 40 million was debt, yeah. which is being paid back off. So, so who actually gets that money? Uh, they're listed,
4: so it'll be broken down into the shares which were listed on the Frankfurt Exchange, plus the people the shares which are held by the Very team. Good. So, I would think that um, I don't think Frank or um, the family will, will want for any money, and the, and many of them will remain employed. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, they've got less for it than they would have got at the height of its success, let's be honest about this, but more than they would have got for it prior to the Concord, because it wasn't, the reason this came out the day after the Concord Agreement is because the agreement was uh, subject to the Concord Agreement being signed. Ah so and and in fairness you think about it, you know, what uh financial organisations like is certainty. stability, yeah. And they know how much they they spent now because they got it in the Concord Agreement, they know how much they were receiving even if they do badly, which would be more than they have been receiving, and they know they have more chance of being competitive because the more chance because the top guys are being reined in what they can spend. So it's actually not a bad time to buy a team. Uh, which is interesting because that's many of the reasons why they think that Haas have actually signed up for 5 years because they actually want to get sold relatively quickly obviously they're not worth $132 million because they haven't really got much more than an entry in a, in a race team but you know Gene could sell the team I think pretty quickly to a couple of people including
1: is it is Jesus it Marzupan's
4: dad is is it still better to buy a in team that's infinitesimally? In why because it is so difficult to start from scratch and it's so expensive um you know, and of course, Williams had just renewed for another five years with Mercedes, yeah, which is a nice exactly, thing to yeah. have. You've got you've got uh, you've got all the agreements made up. You've got all the, uh, um, you know the, the, the contracts in place. It's much much easier. I mean, heritage setting up payments. the costs, your heritage payments could well, Yeah, oh you know, yes, it's, it is much much easier to to do it that way. And and obviously, that's one of the, the other thing yeah, that it gives value to the ten franchises that we have, even though there are officially two more slots. It's still way more cost effective to buy one of the existing franchise and start, and start and much more likely you hit the ground even limping, you know, rather than running <laughs> because <you laughs> Shuffling know, a bit. Shuffling a bit, because it's just it's just a, a massive infrastructure and, and the constant you know, doing the bar thing of just buying the registration number, which was proven to be quite flawed, is even more flawed now.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you think the midweek Motorsport sports series thirty five episode I think this is thirty four, Tim, isn't it? That's or made. is this the what do you mean, don't ask you? You are the keeper of the archive.
3: Well, yeah, it's all virtual, isn't it? In it's in the cloud. Oh, oh, is
2: it? Oh, I don't like that. I like stuff, you know.
4: In your hand. China. No. Um, what was we going to say after that? Uh, yes, and then we, we we're going to talk about... Um, uh, we're going to move on to TPC and 30. THC next. TPC. Right. And THC. Sorry? Probably not what I'm thinking. THC is the active ingredient in in, uh, marijuana, isn't it? Yes, it is. Marijuana. What is TPC?
3: Uh, THC is those historic cars, I think, and TPC is those pretty recent cars. Um, (laughs) Norway! I've no idea what TPC and THC are, um, but THC are uh, Formula One cars dating from before 2016, and TPC cars are those from 2016 to 2018. It's okay. about running test cars, is it? This is about running test cars. Oh, very and,
4: good,
2: uh, That's why we are here, you know.
3: <laughs> and doing doing filming days at Port and Mouth. Oh, Mercedes.
4: yes. They've been, they've been banned, haven't they, from yes. uh, doing any running whatsoever in Isn't any they? sort of car on any of the tracks which don't feature in the
2: um, usual uh, rotation. Uh, you know, Hockenheim, Port The F1 2020 game.
4: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Anything F1... that's
2: not on F1 2020, you can't go The anywhere. F1
4: 2020 game is possibly the
2: most inaccurate ever simulation of racing season. There are people <laughs> at the developers who, at the moment, are tearing their hair out.
4: I think they just cut, just put their hands up and go, nothing we can do. Um, yeah, so you are just... I'm putting Croft on. Yes.
2: What? <laughs> well, it might happen. <laughs>
4: You can have a great one. You, cool, you can have Croft on Croft. Have David Croft qualified. qualified oh, very
2: I good. I say what you did there. <laughs> did you see the brilliant David Coulthard meme today? Yes. Coulthard in different intermediate. Oh, Kilthart, Kilthart medium, Coulthard, 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 medium. Coulthard, yeah, yeah, Coulthard, yeah. yeah, very good. Different t shirt. let to put that up
4: now on Twitter. You can't just say that and not put it up. Someone put it up, please. I want to say
3: Kilthwet.
2: Kilthwet? What colour would that be? What about
4: Kilthwet intermediate? Blue
2: for the wet green for the intermediate. And great for the intermediate. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, carry on. So they're being banned from practicing or anything filming days, filming days, anything
4: days. I, I mean, mean,
3: filming days are still allowed. They're just not allowed, not to port allowed at out, those which tracks. Is where or no, are going or to Imola, one. or, or Mijella, Imola, which is where Ferrari.
2: Or Imola. Well, of
4: I mean, Ferrari got, in, got got in beforehand. So they're quite clever.
2: But well, Ferrari have done lots of stuff at Michelin down through the years yes, because they, they own they, it. They do. Um, they, they do the Corsa Yeah, they there. do. have I mean, got loads. Of it's not going to matter it's not going to matter at Portimao because they're relay, relaying the surface. They're resurfacing, yeah. I mean, the it's, whole
4: thing. I mean, there's some, there is obviously some extra work for the people designing the simulators. For the, got, Someone's got to go out there and get, get a sneaky laser scan in somehow, but they can do that on a road <laughs> car. Um, <laughs> because obviously they'll, they'll want to do thousands and thousands of hours of simulator work prior to getting to those tracks. Google Street View. Might work, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just, just talk, talk to the guy down there. What's, what's, what's it look like? Uh, you go then. You go left. You go right. Yeah, that's what seems to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bit of peel. uh but yeah, no, it's, it's it's it's. I think it's quite clever because obviously it prevents people throwing money at it and and, and gaining an unfair advantage. Uh, you know the, the and obviously so Istanbul. will add to that, um, not constantly no, no, because it has been added to the, to the to the calendar. We did kind of pricey that last week. Because I had to admit I was surprised, but the track wasn't a car park it was actually had actually for the last five or six years been trying to reestablish it with something, something, but do you know
2: what the lap record is held there at the moment since since it hasn't been formula One no what is it? It's held by a Ferrari ah. it's a streetcar in fairness it's uh, in fairness that's the the tier record is 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 what I'm saying but uh, Ian McCarthy has said t p c testing previous cars. THC, testing his, historic cars. TCC, testing current cars. All right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very not much. The uh, and ha- no, not the children's. Not the children. No, 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 no. No, no absolutely that not. That is aging Lass you as well. No. There. well when <laughs> I was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, something I for Nick the teenagers.
4: Yes. Well, yeah, I was I was already too old for that. It's, it wasn't even me. It was Mick Robinson just permanently
2: on that channel forever. Uh, hello to Nick H. Uh, in and out a bit tonight. Looking forward to a packed show, though. Uh Fair use says not able to listen live, tracking a big hurricane and tes- texting friends. <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> well, so uh, and I, Laura just... is now category four. Ah. Um, so, but, uh, those in California with the fires, those in the oh, yeah. the path of category four now, uh, Laura, please take care. Please. Um, we, we're was thinking pretty, about
3: all of you. Uh severe yesterday. It wasn't. Uh... It
4: was windy in my back garden yesterday.
2: Our palms blew over.
4: Oh, no. Um,
3: they're in just a quick
2: thing.
4: Obviously, we. Oh, yeah. It's interesting thing. We did obviously get the rest of the calendar, which I know you probably... Yeah, are we'll come on to the later. Very excited about. Later, uh, oh, because oh, we've got
3: more news it. first. Oh, uh, go on then. And that is that since the start of the season, by which I mean the start of the season in Austria, not the one in Melbourne, which we're not really... Yeah, counted, yeah which yeah, didn't... Yeah. Start. Well, that didn't start. Yes, exactly. Each team has only been allowed to take 80 people to the circuit. Only. Mm,
4: that's good, yes. It's, well, yeah, it's but
3: tight. from... Uh, now on they're allowed to take ninety.
4: What, to spar onwards. Yes. Wow. That's gonna if make If
3: It is an event held behind closed doors without fans in attendance in grandstands. Oh, oh, I have an update. Our well, quest tweak end.
2: No, 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 this is very important. Yeah. <laughs> this is massively important. Messi sent so a pure fax. Not a fax that, that's a recorded delivery letter. Oh. Who writes these days? Obviously, he's not very comfortable email, is he? (laughs) No, recorded delivery letter, I understand more. Mm. Ah, so maybe not going up against... It's uh, recorded delivery letter where he decides to redefine June the 10th as August the 25th. Anyway, moving on. Sorry, sorry, that was important. We had to get that in. That was a correction. That is
4: is an excellent correction, because that now means that jean Tot is safe.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
3: Uh, what, uh, What are the teams going to use these extra 10 people to do?
4: Well, I assume put more people to change engines when they blow up or something, because they're not allowed to use marketing still, are they?
3: No, they're going to have catering.
4: Oh, is that what it
2: oh, is? Oh, they're going to have their own caterers. That's, yeah. a, that's a weird Rather concept. than central catering, which Correct. is, I presume, what they were doing before. Central catering in bubbles, that's what the, the FIAWAC and ELMS were doing, in and, no and oka- it worked really well. You
4: know, occasionally you think, what's the point? What? Why? why? It's
2: business for somebody, mate.
4: Fair enough. Yep, those ten people get some business. Okay. Well, 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 and the company they work for. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Just seems it's an unnecessary you get a debubble things, but they're still debubble. Yeah. Well, not they? They're obviously still talking about putting actual real people into the um, uh, Turkey uh, to Tur- No, to Russia, Russia and possibly a select invited guest list of a thousand to five thousand to Magellan.
2: Well, the problem with both Russia and, and Turkey is. The problem with both Russia and Turkey is that only certain people will be allowed in given their human rights records. Well, they
4: say, they're, they're, I think the Russians are saying tickets are going to afford them a the moment. Where else? They're not going to put tickets, but they invite people to Monza, are they?
2: No,
3: to Imola, I believe. Oh, yeah, because really? is after Michelle. Yes.
4: Yes, and, right. did, and, did, and Port Mal was still saying, what, 60,000 a day, which is never going to happen, but let's see what does happen.
2: I, I did say, great, great, That's what we great, we think great. Now, we had that discussion last week about the state the, of the grandstands yes, and, the, and the and the trees, and the trees d- growing out of them. Uh, I did say a great comment on the Radio Show Limited listeners collective on Facebook. I know not everybody does Facebook, um, but it was very good that somebody said, Ah, yes, Turkey, going back to Turkey, uh, another despotic regime with a dictator. It's like Bernie's back in charge again. <laughs>
4: Turkey is ideally placed in the right place in the in the world with the right weather for November to get an extra race. And that extra race, very important. For telly? No. It's the 17th race.
3: Which
2: so base? Everyone a third engine. Tower units. Ah, third everyone
4: engine. Everyone gets a third engine, a third MC. Uh, yeah, all the engine bits. They get a the third bit of all of them because it's eight races per um, power unit set and they get
2: another one I'm not sure they get another control electronics actually but they get three of everything else Can I just make I, I'm going to make an actually serious point about this mm-hmm. uh, about Turkey in particular when the FIA is pushing an end racism agenda and the current regime in Turkey is anti-Christian anti-black anti Kurd, anti-gay anti-gay LBGT mm-hmm. uh, anti-trans uh, and yeah. a lot of things. Yes, How yeah. do they justify that? Well, they're already
3: sending races you know, to America, yeah. aren't they? So,
4: do you know, what I said earlier, I said that it's in the right place and it's got the right weather, and they had a gap in the calendar and they could get an extra race and get some more TV money. You know, yeah. they're not. You know, let's be honest about these. These are these are these are probably not as bad as Bernie, but they still like money. Um, you know, and it is a, it's a situation where let's be really honest about this. You know, we go from Turkey to Bahrain now. Bahrain or China or Russia has has have less tolerant regimes than we would like. Let's be honest about that. As you know, liberal but Westerners. they are all they are already in all, the calendar. Um, exactly, they're already in the calendar. So they have. They I'm have. I'm not
2: saying I'm not. I'm not. I'm not yeah. by the way
4: supporting any of those They've regimes or anything that they have Actively chosen to add another place. And, mm. they, and and you When it, they could have gone to Croft. It isn't exactly. It is a tad hypocritical, but you know, hypocrisy and F one have been bedfellows for years, haven't they? Mm. You know, and I and, and I'm pretty certain there won't be a major outcry by anyone in the pit lane, no matter who they drive for or, or, or what. But you know What's Lewis gonna say? Might well, be interesting if someone asked him so far. Or they've asked him, are you looking forward to turn eight? They haven't asked him about that. It's very, very difficult for anyone To make a comment because obviously, you know, they will be going off to Bahrain after that, which is a more restrictive society than Turkey.
2: Are they going to be allowed to have the um, end racism, yeah, all of that sort of stuff? Absolutely,
4: because if you ask Mr. Erdogan if he was a racist, he'd say no.
2: If you ask the Kurds, they might have a different Uh, no. I, you
4: know, you you ask a number of obviously racist world leaders their race, they say no, don't they? Fair
2: point. They don't wear a T-shirt saying, "No, I'm a racist."
4: You have to judge them by their actions rather than what they're saying, and so uh, supporting, well, that's all politicians exactly so, supporting an end racism. thing is actually proves to us all they're not racist. I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's a really difficult situation, and possibly you know, it's let's let's all celebrate turn eight and perhaps let it go for
2: this year. Or just ignore it and not watch it on the telly. No, um, I'm watching that one on the telly. No, I'm not.
3: I'm going to try and go if I can go to Turkey. I've never been to the Turkish Grand Prix. This might be my only uh, chance.
4: Well, that's a very good point. Are they having people there?
3: They haven't said yet.
2: Uh.
3: (sighs) Dear, dear.
4: (laughs)
2: Anyway, you're listening to (laughs) Midweek Motorsport. Fabulous (laughs) head wants to go
3: there as well.
4: Uh. Yeah, because it's a convenient part of the world where you can get decent weather for a certain part of the year.
2: You can't, you can't just keep trotting that out as the literally as the party line nick I mean, that, it's got decent that kind it's of, got decent weather the first
3: thing you think about when you're planning a your calendar is it going to be suitable conditions for actually holding a race
4: if you want to make up for the fact you lost 4 months of racing in europe when the weather's great by getting extra races on and you can't go to the americas mm. because it's you know you you end up putting your you know we've got Imola which is really late for Europe but obviously it's very it's it's
2: southern Europe and
4: That's why right. You know, it's, it's that is part of the magic of building a calendar.
2: I think we should move on from this because I think I, you're I, right. I, I think I'm think not going to agree with I, you on this. I'm afraid, but that's that as well. That's because I have morals. Clearly,
6: Ooh. oh, there you Ooh.
2: go. Midweek <laughs> Motorsports. I'm pragmatic. <laughs> <laughs> Midweek Motorsports Series 15 episode, whatever it was, I said 34. Where would where would you like to go to next, Tim? Well,
3: let's go to a good news humanitarian story.
2: excellent Excellent. well done tim i I see what you did there uh
3: why does uh california want lance stroll to win the belgian grand prix
4: because he set up a fund to uh aid the people affected by the fires
3: correct and how is this going to work
4: do you know what? I didn't read past the fact that he said i a fun to help people <laughs> on the fires. Is it's, that your pragmatism coming in there? It's my, it's my you know, <laughs> you're reading a lot of stories. and, and In I mean, fairness, I picked that one up on Twitter rather than on a proper site. So I thought, oh, I'm not going down the Twitter comments because it's far too much like a rabbit hole of unpleasantness. Mm. So well done. I, see, I basically, basically go, thought, well done, Lance. Tell me how he's going to do it, Tim.
3: For every point he scores, he's right. going to donate $1,800 to the Eight. Los Angeles Fire Department Foundation.
4: Is it like two thousand Canadian or something? Probably, but he's also asking like a matching thing for his from his fans and supporters in as well. There's a a general fundraising. I think it's really sweet. I think you know, well done. You know, he's 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 trying to make a name himself. He has the biggest problem whenever he puts his head up of a parapet, he gets shot down by the uh, by the social media warriors saying oh, you only got you know, you're, you're rubbish. Yeah, you know, he's obviously not very popular in Mexico because theoretically he might it might result in in Checo not being in the in the car anymore. Um. And I, I think it's good. I, think I, I you know, he's, he has performed better in the last two or three races, and, and I think he he deserves to be cut a tiny bit of slack.
2: Uh, Carol Brink, who lives in an affected area just outside uh, of Monterey, says, "I've never heard of this blood uh, by Lance. It is well, it was on Twitter, so it must be yesterday. True. I mean, he, it's he, a day he, old." Carol he
3: only announced it less than twenty-four hours ago. Yeah. All right. Okay. Good. Uh, he said. Uh, this past week has been a time of reflection for me. It's devastating to see what's happening in California. Minim- millions of animals are at risk. Mm. Millions of animals are at risk. Well,
2: yes. Yeah, because
4: the people tend to move out the way, don't they?
2: If they can I yeah. mean, obviously,
4: right. obviously, there's a severe chance unpop- some pop, uh, some film stars' swimming pools getting
2: burnt as well. But you know, not quite a tragedy. I think, is think it's it? a bit more than that, <laughs> to be honest. When it's um, an area. The size of no, no, it's, it, no,
4: no. It's very frightening. I was, I was in California um, about 11 months ago when they had the last. Well, I believe it was the last really big fire, and it is frightening when you're there. We were actually, we were, we were. The RC event we were at was actually in the park, which was the staging point for the firefighters and everything else. Uh, right, shall we move on? Yes, because it's time for calendar news. You do like a bit of
3: calendar news, don't you? You I do like mean, a good calendar. We've kind of mentioned. That uh, Turkey is going to be on the online calendar. <laughs> really? I mean, you did say that last week, Nick, so.
4: We, uh, yeah, let's, let's, that's another uh, story. I can, t- I can tell you why it's going to be on the calendar, but uh, John Pierce the answer to standard. <laughs> carry on. Yeah, then we've got then we got, got two know. Bahrains. We've got two Bahrains and, and a and then Abu Dhabi. Dhabi. partridge in a pear tree. Yes, Abu Dhabi and two Bahrains. Bahrain, they haven't, They they kind of rode back. Well, so it's Bahrain and then Sakir. Yes. Those the two Grand Prix names. And then Abu Dhabi, but they haven't, ending on the 13th of December. And They haven't. They should have had Turkey, surely, in the 13th of December. No. Well, a bit early for that. A bit early for Christmas, isn't it? Ah. Um, but, yeah, so so the question really American, is...
3: They're so they need it in
4: Thanksgiving, Actually, uh, they, they, they? They, they are quite close to Thanksgiving, actually, with, with the Turkish Grand Prix. But, um, yeah, so they haven't said whether they're going to run different layouts for Bahrain A and Bahrain B. No, oh, indeed, um, that
3: one will be day and one will be night.
4: No, oh. they'll they will keep them... Um, in the core time zone for Europe. You because that Yes, because that makes them money. Mm. Because the only thing, they, the only thing that they, what they would like to do, which they can't do because it's the wrong way, is try and get sun into that nice 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock period, which the Canadian, Mexican and American Grand Prix are, but they can't do that, so they certainly won't have one starting at 9
2: I, in I, the morning. I, at Bahrain, we discussed this about using what's called the endurance circuit, the hillside circuit that goes over the back, mm-hmm. which I really liked. But I, there's two reasons why they won't do that because they'll have to re-camera for it and it will take a lot more cameras. And I actually, I'm not sure whether that's still grade one. Yes, it is. It is. It's is
4: still it? a grade yes. one. All those was are very good. One.
2: All there versions. Are, there is All a rumour they're going to
4: use a shorter version. Well, I was going to say there is a shorter version as well. And the rumour is they're going to use the shorter version. I Ooh. I don't know how that one runs. I've never seen that one running. I'm sure you may have done for a support race, but I've not ever seen it. No, that I've got no.
2: Say, uh, I'm trying to work out how... We could just go up and down the drag strip. It'd be quite good, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of a... Um,
4: oh, what's the, uh, the... What's the... Ow! What's the German track that's just a bit... Oh. Too long... Too oh. long straights with... an Avis. Avis, yeah. Let's do an Avis ring version, yeah mm-hmm. Hmm. Anyway,
2: moving on.
3: Uh, that means there's going to be some uh, changes to our calendars uh, because yes. the <laughs> FA Wiltshire Dunes Championship was supposed to be happening. Hang, hang on Bar a second. Lane.
2: Listen, listen, listen very carefully. Uh-oh. Here's our calendars for this year.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: some of us have got a shredder.
4: Yeah, I can't we,
3: afford sorry, one of those. Is that near we, your facts? <laughs> It's connected directly to the facts. Everything
2: that comes in via facts goes straight into the shredder. We we have uh, we are now on our second wall planner. I think he's on our third diary, and uh, so the moving of the Bahrain or the addition of the second Bahrain Grand Prix has meant that WEC's got to move. Is it that does, right? Yes. But despite the fact that it was on a free weekend. And it's not the same weekend as an F1 event. There's not enough time, apparently, to for re-jig. people to re jig and get one set remember of people the, in a month. The
3: and one... WC race is a night race, so it's not going to finish.
2: On Saturday?
3: Until nearly like midnight. Morning. On Saturday? Yes, so it finishes at half past uh-huh. 11 local time on Saturday. When yes. do you think the WC teams are going to be able to clear the paddock? sunday well they, they, they're gone by sunday
2: night because they're all at the party
3: right so that's sunday so then that would only allow you monday tuesday and wednesday to build all the formula one infrastructure
4: right which they normally can do they can do in back-to-back weeks quite easily they're going to do the exact, exactly they're not leaving bahrain until sunday night and they're going to have, it, have it the following day so I'm not sure that actually jigged. Doesn't, right? they have, it doesn't
3: square they have two on. sets of infrastructure that they flip flop. In fact, they've got three sets.
4: We've still not changed. The, the, I, I can see what you're saying, but I mean, I, I think it's, it's doable, but I, I assume it's just easier for Bahrain to move it. Also, of course, whilst um, the WBC announced it straight after, they've known for weeks because we've known those three dates that they haven't been announced for a long time. Oh, yes, it was so waiting they, for they, the
3: uh, World Sport Council to e-meet last week. Yes. Yeah, so and we, send
2: their fax. <laughs> Oddly, so they know. got something from Lionel Messi yes. about so wanting to they leave do Barcelona.
3: Do. They, they've moved on to Zoom now, John. No, it's, it's quite it's
2: quite worrying because, because because
4: due to a weird thing the contract recognition board, for some reason, Lewis is now playing with Barcelona. Lionel will sign for Mercedes next year.
2: Yeah, that's right. Exactly right. Apparently, um, Messi's already said he's got no problem to go and with going to Turkey, as long as the money's right. Yes, I can imagine. Um,
3: but He won't go to Manchester because he doesn't like the weather.
4: <laughs> Which, in fairness, is fair, it's fair enough. <laughs> stop. No, it, I love Manchester. I like the town. It's a great place to go, but it does rain a lot. Sitting.
3: Last time I went to Manchester, it stop. Didn't rain. Just stop. At just all. Just Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I was. And really it's now shocked. called Tim
2: Gray Day, and it's a bank holiday. I know. Right. <laughs> that, that's fine. <laughs> Right, let's <laughs> let's get back. Let's get back to the oh. WEC.
3: Well, no, we've we've done that <laughs> bit. So, so the, let's no, go. but you, let's move but on. You to you haven't said what, You
2: haven't you haven't said. Oh, WEC is going to be a
3: week earlier then. Um,
2: yes, but but what does that mean? Nick's got means, his hand up. It now, Nick's got his hand up. I'm sorry, he had his hand up first. Nick had his hand up in the pub you quiz. You can't see what my hand. Mean? No, no, he can.
4: Go. Let him go. Up. Let him go. All right, it's calendar news. All right, it's calendar news.
3: It means that it clashes <laughs> with a few other events, including Super Formula, and the Digital Nürburgring Zerry. and the Twelve Hours of Zandvoort, and the Sebring Twelve Hours, the Mobile One Sebring Twelve Hours. I love
4: you, Andy. That's three events we're covering.
3: Yeah, <laughs>
2: it is. <laughs> we'll end up. We'll end up covering everything on that weekend. I'm if glad I brought a new
3: Matrix because we can cope with this now. <laughs>
2: Excellent, yes, well but,
4: done. Uh, uh, the only problem is you'll have Bruce looking at three different screens.
3: Well, Bruce
2: isn't oh, doing, doing any Bruce that weekend. No, I don't uh, think what? Bruce is available oh, that Bruce. weekend. He's doing something else, isn't Bruce
3: he? Bruce is at Paul Ricard for another event that weekend.
4: Oh, this is going... Uh, well,
3: so,
2: shit Adam, who is joining us on the phone, <laughs> or on the l- line rather now, uh, from Florida. Uh, how many people... Uh, the, the, the good news in terms of the teams and the drivers is actually... Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring and FIA WEC clashing doesn't actually affect as many people as I thought it would.
5: It's a very pleasant surprise to see how few people are actually uh, negatively affected by the two rounds running on the same day because the last time that we had a clash of that uh, effect was Petit Lamont and Fuji, I want to say, and both paddocks were missing a lot of key people. So WEC, I wasn't there. pardon
2: that was the, i i had to go to fuji it was the it was the last ever uh ala race, and i went to Fuji. no I,
5: I think there was one like two years ago all
2: yes, oh, right yeah, sir. yeah 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 all right yeah yeah. Okay. yeah
5: um but in terms of people that it it has a direct effect on we've got philippe Albuquerque, who's the third driver in the whalen engineering um cadillac the good news is that they have other people in their phone book who are not <laughs> nearly as good as philippe i'll just put that out there to begin with but they do have other oh, options well, no, it's true. I mean, he's kind of amazing in those prototypes. I give him full credit for that. I've people uh, Risi, in my phone, we're expecting... is better
3: than him.
0: None no, of them are they might not be available, can, though. Obviously. No, it's good yeah,
5: exactly. Um, Risi Competizione, we were expecting them to run the endurance campaign. We don't know if those plans have been fully affected by the fact that they are running them all, But from what I've heard from the team, they were planning to come back and run the Sebring round, which is the last round. Um, That means that they're not going to have factory drivers available because pretty much all of the Ferrari factory drivers are employed elsewhere that weekend. Uh, Gabby Aubrey is another one of those drivers who has done both this year, but he's made it pretty clear that WEC is his priority. Ben Hanley and Henrik Hedman, they were running in uh, the Dragon Speed LMP2 championship. They were doing a full season. They pulled out of that. They were only going to do the endurance races, but now it looks spotty for that, too, particularly as their chassis is over in France and the next endurance race is in a week and a half's time. Uh, Ben Keating, third driver for the 74 Riley Mercedes. He won't be able to do both as his full season commitment is for Project One and the Porsche over in WEC and the last driver affected. Is the young Matty Campbell, who is the third driver in car number 911. So that means Fred MacAvickey and Nick Tandy will be looking for a suitable replacement. And I kind of hope I get to see Patrick Pile back in that car for one more go, since he and Fred and Nick have won that race before.
2: Uh, yeah, hang about, because we're not quite finished yet. Uh, they, the <laughs> the knock on the knock on effect uh, doesn't just stop there. Team in terms of Formula One because there's uh, uh, there's a bit of a there's a bit of a problem uh, uh, at uh, Abu Dhabi haven't we in the UAE we've we've got a bit of an Abu Dhabi too there's well to talk about. He's just, just black and <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, it's his favourite joke as well. Listen, it's, it's his only I've joke. Nick. <laughs> I've, I've reap It's a medley of my joke. <laughs> Right, I've repurposed that there. (laughs) I've repurposed that. I didn't just get it in in the (laughs) same place. (laughs) There was a pretty big shoehorn, to be honest. There was. There was a crowbar.
3: (laughs) Your green credentials have raised slightly uh, with that recycling effort. Thank Uh, you. Abu Dhabi's Formula One race, uh, the Grand Prix of Abu Dhabi, uh, now clashes with uh, the Golf 12 Hours, uh, which oddly is supposed to happen at uh, Abu Dhabi. (sighs)
2: but now it's moved. I'm I'm not... If I'm very honest, wasn't there already an SRO event that had moved into December and taken the Gulf 12 Hours' as date?
4: No, no, the Gulf... There was a clashing SRO event which was theoretically taking the Gulf 12 Hours entries, but they've just produced a press release today saying they were oversubscribed because they won't go above 34 cards on their front page of their website. And where's that? on their website no 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 the event <laughs> the Gulf 12 Hours oh it's, it's a, the, the the clashing one yes it, I think it was Malaysia wasn't it oh well that's not going to happen right. to right. anyway back I to the story again
3: yes yeah, it's, like it's you might be
4: moved be to Lami. so there's 34 cars maximum for Gulf 12 Hours right. they said they're said they oversubscribed um, and they've now moved it to the first available free date which isn't actually free they moved it to the 9th of January, which is the same weekend as the Kravenik. Six, six hours. hours. So it's 18 hours of track action anyway.
2: Well, yeah. I, I suggested that they just put. Um, I suggested they just put cones down the middle of the track and ran it one one way and one the other. I don't know. I I I. I it was a surprise to all of us.
4: And I'm pr- probably it was probably a surprise to the people in the Netherlands as well. But I'm sure it gets let's, sorted let's out. Let's bring
2: in the responsible adult. here. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Her love. You were giggling there. <laughs> she loves your joke. Was I it... do love his joke. A medley of my joke. <laughs> Thank you. Joke, yes. um, what do we, have, have we had any uh, conversation with the, the lovely people at Creventic?
1: They're working on it.
2: Are they? Yes. Okay. That they, they have, in fact... Been the people whose dates have been? Oh yeah, because they lost, lost, then gained, well, then well, lost. Circuit of the Americas, as well, Yeah,
1: I really hope that Evo's. knowing Evo very well. I suspect you will have had really, really good contracts with people that mean that someone has to pay him money to go
2: away. <laughs> um, that's what they call that severance payment. Compromise agreement. Compromise agreement. There we That's go. I, a few. You. I know they're that great. because I've had lots of those. They're yes. great. Yeah, they're great, <laughs> says Nick Damon as well. Tax-free. Also not employed <laughs> at the moment. <laughs>
1: yeah. What do you mean, also?
2: <sighs> <laughs> well, uh, because you normally have a compromise agreement. <laughs> when yeah, yeah, so Just that someone be. else is unemployed, John. No, no. I'm unemployable. I'm self-unemployable, <laughs> in fairness. um. Well, is there any more calendar news before... Have you? <laughs> <laughs> what have you been eating tonight? God, we've got the full team on he tonight, has and they're all having it. The good, it? a good. No, no kick. Uh, share stay with us. Nick stay with us. Uh, have you got any more calendar news? Do you want to? Can we do WRC in the second hour? Yes. And any more F1 not on calendar news? Then no. Okay. Shall we move on to a bit of sports
3: announcement? Bit this is, of
2: sports car. This is why he has joined us? The, the, the responsible adult has come up at the time appointed, whether we were ready for her or not, Indeed. which I possibly suggest we weren't, but I'd, I'd suggest you
3: should turn off Nick's microphone for now. I can okay, hear him I'll, breathing.
2: I'll, I'll, it's, be it's, better, it's, it's better than him not, because obviously <laughs> then... Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: hang
3: easy.
2: on. It was a hang not
1: made off, me. me move my microphone.
2: We'd get
3: through the rest happen. of the show
2: quicker. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, uh, Eve Eve Hewitt, the managing director of Radio Shore Limited, has joined us on Midweight Motorsport, so let's be reverent. Do you do try and behave. I do, I do, in fact, have um in my hand a piece of paper I have been told what to ask. Um Lamont 24 Hours. Yes. We are uh, we have committed as Radio Shore Limited and therefore as Radio Lamont, the one week of the year when we call ourselves Radio. Lemon um, to covering all of the sessions of the twenty four hours, uh, w- how and when and where that that happens that that that's already decided, correct?
1: Yes, except we don't quite know where from yet. No, from well, I where? didn't ask that no, question. No, 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 and and there's a reason for that, which is that uh, we're waiting for a COVID protocol from the ACO and from their TV contractor. And I completely understand why that's taking so long because everything's changing pretty much every day. Uh, th- but the... we will cover every we will cover the twenty four hours and every session thereof.
2: Uh, and we should say that we've been talking to other broadcasters, uh, at TV uh, broadcasters. We are the only uh, audio English language audio. We are the official English language audio here at RSL. Uh, the commitment stands now things have been very difficult for the aco things have been very difficult for their tv partners uh, and the production company uh, to the point where as you say we still really don't know what is or isn't going to be uh, possible in terms of how that coverage work but the coverage is committed to and you've got some news about the title sponsor of radio this year
1: yes yes i'm delighted to announce that Haggerty have become the title sponsor of this year's Radio Le Mans and we'll be working with them. we have already working with them on IMSA and we'll be working with them extensively for the rest of the year but they have become our title sponsor for this year which I'm absolutely delighted about.
2: So this year it will be Haggerty Radio Le Mans. Correct. Uh, RS1 is where you'll get all of the coverage. We're working on some very special additional programmes, some uh, Fabulous new merchandise, yep. which you'll be able to buy some from the Jules shot and some f- great prizes as well. Fabulous prizes! Can't—I'm not even allowed to say because I'm still trying to work out my uh, false names to how I can get uh, some of them, even if I could, if I knew the answers uh, to the questions. Thank you very much to Mobile One for their support over the years. It's not the end of our association with Mobile One.
1: No, not at all. As anybody who's been paying half a bit of attention to the situation in the world. Everybody staying at home has made a massive difference to oil prices and to the oil industry. And as such, Mobile One have decided to sit this year out and we thank them for their partnership for, I don't know, John, what is it, seven years? Mm-hmm. And um, But the great news is that we're still working with them because you're going to be presenting their Mobile One Pikes Peak coverage at the weekend.
2: Pikes Peak coverage uh, brought to you by Mobile One on their Facebook page in Sound and Vision with a whole load of very exciting content as well as live coverage of the race to the clouds. 93rd race to the clouds from memory started back in 1916. Um, I've been there before, I've been up the mountain <laughs> scares the living daylight out of me
1: I'm sorry I didn't mean to snort with laughter.
2: thank you, you saw the colour <laughs> of me when I came back a couple of years ago, it didn't quite cure my fear of heights at all um, it, it, all the details uh, we've already tweeted the, the press release, uh, if you go on to racer.com, another one of our friends and partners, you'll see that there's a A story on there. We'll have more details for you on the Twitter account over the weekend. Uh, We've got some great guests coming in from all forms of motorsport. And uh, including in that it will be live, free, uh, no blocks, sound and vision. uh, With uh, me here in the studio, I'm bringing in people from all over the world. And having the Race to the Clouds covered as well, very impressed with the technicals that have gone into that. And that will be in the UK. That is going to start at Sunday, around one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, on Sunday, that's this coming Sunday on on what is a quite a busy Sunday uh, afternoon, uh, or busy weekend, should I say, for motorsport. Eve, thanks very much for joining us. And? You've forgotten something. Okay. It's not written on my piece of paper.
1: Well, in that case, I'm mm-hmm. going to have to tell everyone myself, aren't okay. I? which is that um, uh, looping back to Le Mans mm-hmm. and our relationship with the ACO, I'm very, very pleased to announce that as of last week, we have signed a new multi-year agreement with the ACO to continue our tenure of uh, Radio
2: Le Mans. And that will take us into the second century it of will. Le Mans. Twenty-four hours beyond uh, that race. Okay, thank you, sh- uh, thank you very much uh, for joining us, Eve. Uh, Eve, Hewitt, the managing director of. I, I am. I am. I do feel intimidated when you, you come onto the show. <laughs> you should. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just hear, Did yeah. you,
4: uh, Nick? I, I I just enjoy watching. It's great. <laughs> sit here Oh, he's frightened.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, keep an eye on at RSL underscore studio for the weekend. So, Pike's big coverage on the Mobile One Facebook page over the weekend. Uh, we, we'll let you know. We, we are going to try and uh, broadcast the audio for you on RS1 as well. We'll let you know more about that. That's our TBC on the schedule for Sunday thank you to Haggerty for supporting Radio Le Mans coverage of the Le Mans 24 hours says Dave uh, Alcock and I suggest that a number of people will be saying the same thing we will be as I say having some uh, special merchandise for what is an unusual September Le Mans uh, this year and and don't worry Nick because I know what you're going to ask What are you going to ask now? What do you always ask when we're getting close to Le Mans?
4: Lots of things.
2: Have I got a new jacket? Oh, yes. I've got a new jacket. We're getting new t shirts.
4: Excellent. Yes. What's my outfit? Love. You'll You'll need a new jacket
3: when you're sitting in my conservatory phoning people on Skype.
4: I think think I've been seconded to the uh, Thraps. You're 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 the northern. You're the Midlands beyond. Obviously, I I have to work out how on earth I can cover two studios with Studio Cam, but we'll go from there. (laughs)
2: So, uh, you're definitely going to have some T-shirts, the lovely people at Haggerty. Uh, Haggerty, uh, if you go to their website, Haggerty, uh, and we had McKeel Haggerty on the show, what, a month or two ago now, they talk about, for people who love cars Mm. and driving, and I loved McKeel. The more I talk to McKeel, the more I understand the philosophy behind Haggerty as a company. The Haggerty Drivers Club... Uh, the, the way that they want to preserve the joy of driving. And I'm gonna, I, I did something in the car the other day that I haven't done for a very long Hello. time. Stop sniggering, Damon. I was on my way to the supermarket in the 968 and I popped out of, of Hangdorf Towers and, and down the A14 and as I pulled to go down towards where the supermarket is, I was just en- both the windows were down, the sunroof open, I didn't have the radio on and I just thought I'm not going to go straight to the supermarket. So I just pulled off onto the side roads. And I actually ended up at Mercedes Engine Plant.
4: Oh, right, Brixworth.
2: At Brixworth. I went all the way around the back of Brixworth and then ended up where I wanted to go. Now, normally I don't do that in a car anymore. I do it on a motorbike. You and I have done it on a motorbike. We just ride out and go where the road takes us. I haven't done that in a car for ages. And that is the philosophy of Haggerty. Enjoy the drive, enjoy your life. And for people who love cars. And they're our title sponsor for Radio Le Mans coverage of the 2020 Le Mans 24 hours in September this year on RS1, of course. All right, it's nine o'clock. Time to move into the second hour.
0: Motorsport, where John has just 48 seconds to tell you what's coming in the next hour.
2: Uh, Well, Nick Damon and Shea Adam will be staying with us. Shea's going to take us through some of the American news, including the Indy 500, which we had at the weekend. Was it a controversial finish or was it the right thing to do? Let's hear your thoughts on that. Finishing under yellow at Spec Detainment. Nick's got some bike news for us. Uh, We'll have a sports car roundup. And it's sports cars mainly for our big interview this evening. Brilliant once again that we have another uh, published author. Pete Lyons comes up next with his new book that looks at the history of shadow in Can Am, Formula One, and F5000.
0: Midweek Motorsport on RadioLamont.com.
2: Just after nine o'clock, here is the big interview on Midweek Motorsport, and delighted to say that joining me uh, on the line from California is Pete Lyons. Pete, first of all, thanks for joining us. How are you, sir?
6: I'm doing well, John.
2: Let's first of all, we've got a specific reason for, for having you on Midweek Motorsport now, but I want to establish you with, with our audience. You, I'm tremendously envious of you on a number of accounts. First of all, for uh, the time that you were involved with Formula One back in the mid 1970s am i right in saying you were autosports formula one editor in 1976 when james hunt won the world championship
6: that's correct that was the last of my four years there 73 through 76 and it was a great honor i just cherished that period of my life uh, and
2: were you so were you working out of the uk for that or were you working out of the us
6: No, no no i lived in england in in mostly in england yes that's something that we have
2: in common, having worked for Autosport. But I, I do kind of think yes. that it's a bit of a rite of pa- passage, isn't it, working for Autosport in, in our <laughs> industry. Um, I, I can't even begin to imagine what what sort of excitement that must have been in those days. D- did you realise then, and this is, sort of, this is going to be a sort of recurring question, Pete, to be honest, did you realise then what, what a golden era that you, you were in, in in that time in, in Formula One?
6: I think perhaps I did, partly because I saw it evolving quite rapidly and I did not like the direction it was going.
2: The other thing that I'm very envious of you for is that you were around for Canam. That, to me, is one of the golden eras. And it, it, it was just one of those perfect times. Is that reasonable to say? One sheet of paper for the regulations, have added guys, and, and let's go racing.
6: I believe that is correct. The um, the thing that I've always loved about Can-Am was the technical variety, the exciting cars, the unlimited cars in quotation marks. And that is something that I think a lot of people who didn't pay much attention didn't get. Mm. I, I periodically talked with people who only heard about it or watched it from the press room on sunday and they thought it was really boring it's just bruce and denny bruce and denny bruce and denny when are we going to get some competition <laughs> i said have you been out there listening to these cars yeah. have you watched them power out of a corner have you watched the chaparral with its wing flipping mm-hmm. what do you know about it go out there and look at it
2: and the reason we've got you on is about Don Nichols and Shadow because yes. we think of Shadow as Formula One and of course of, of Can-Am Shadow well named because Nichols himself was a very interesting character let's let's start with him and why you f- felt the need to put together a rather hefty tome uh, which is called Shadow Magnificent Machines of a Man of Mystery Can-Am Formula One and of course Formula 5 5000 why Shadow, and what was it about Don Nichols and Shadow that drew you to him?
6: I was a journalist on the scene in 1970 when Nichols and Trevor Harris brought their very first car with George Fulmer to Musport in Canada in June. It was the first time we'd actually seen the Shadow in real life, although the year before, everyone's attention was captured by a cover of Road & Track magazine, which showed this mysterious slinky black streamliner with this tall man towering over it to show that it really was knee-high. And when we finally saw the car at Mossport, it had changed a lot. For instance, it was no longer knee-high. It had a wing attached to the back, high up above the car, uh, which actually the radiator was in the wing, would you believe? And the had a monstrous engine with eight, exhaust, eight intake stacks sticking up and two exhaust headers trailing back, and George Fulmer was sitting up. He was no longer nearly supine in the car. So it was no longer quite the low-drag car that Trevor Harris wanted to build. However, that, that car was still faster than anything else up the long straightaway at most part. You come out of a hairpin and go uphill mm-hmm. for upwards of a mile. And at the end of that, George Fulmer in the Shadow was something like 18 miles an hour faster oh. than the fastest big block Can-Am car.
2: Extraordinary. So, and you mentioned that design features because these were cars in some ways that defied convention
6: when you're building a racing car it, there's always a balance between convention you know what's going to work and what you need to improve for the next season versus forget convention let's try to make a real breakthrough and that's where the shadow people uh, landed they or they want that direction. Both Don Nichols and Trevor Harris were that kind of people. They both said we have done interviews with them that uh, the you know they are not the kind of people who want to do convention. They want to break new ground. Otherwise, you know who would get the credit for it for just copying something better?
2: And in point of fact, of course, Canam was the perfect, pardon the pun, vehicle for that because of the virtual zero technical regulations. Here's a box. Here's a few boxes that you've got to tick. Basically, guys, get on with it. On the actual uh, front cover of of your book, the Jack Oliver UOP Shadow Am car has very high cockpit size. That almost looks like a contemporary car when you consider
6: what we used to be able to see of the drivers from elbow upwards. I think that probably goes to Tony Southgate who designed that car. And Tony had a relationship with the uh, wind tunnel in London. Tony probably pioneered using wind tunnel work in Formula One. Uh, other people were doing it, but Tony has told us that he didn't, nobody else did it as much as Shadow did, and it really showed in the cars. But you're right about the, uh, the uh, variety of design. Let us not forget that it goes back to the specials building era after World War II, when the only way to build a car was to go to the wrecking yard, as you would call it. And come home with an engine and a steering box and, uh, versus a differential and start building your own car and your own garage at home. That morphed on into the 50s when the Americans in particular, but it happened elsewhere in the world, particularly in England, started marrying the European style of sports car with an American power plant. Mm. People would... Burn up the engines in their Ferraris or their Lotuses, and rather than buy a new imported motor from overseas, they simply went to a junkyard and put a Chevy in it. Mm-hmm. End of problem. the the, uh, the Chevy gave more power with probably no more reliability, but if, when it broke, it was good back to the junkyard, you know. But the basic idea was it was so exciting to watch all these specials being built. This all this proving ground, this this fertile cultural field. The, the creativity that flowered in this fertile soil was magnificent, and that led on through the 50s and into the 60s, which, let's us not forget, was the space race, the space age. I've always said that the Can-Am was a perfect analog for what was going on in aerospace at the same time and in society as a whole. The experimental cultural revolutions in music and fashion and lifestyles and free love, uh, all of these things made it so exciting, and Can-Am was all part of that.
2: I find it extraordinary in a championship that was so wonderfully uncomplicated, very un FIA, FOM, FISA, FOCA, FICA, all the things that were going on at that time, that Shadow. Were actually the only North American team to win the championship. It w- it was you know it was dominated or manufactured should I say it was dominated by people who'd come across. It was it was almost like the first settlers coming across for the freedom <laughs> that that you know that that was religious freedom. Here we had technical freedom, and so Lawler and McLaren came across and and loved it. But it was only shadow from your own shores that actually won the championship. And that was in the effectively the last year of the, of the championship itself.
6: It was. Uh, petty that because it was a first-class effort. It's just that it was, came at the end of a season, series and with very little opposition. Let us not uh, forget the American teams that tried it. Chaparral is the leading example of, of incredible engineering innovation. And Jim Hall and his Chaparrals were very strong contenders. They didn't have the same reliability i think partly because jim hall admits that he, he was more interested in developing the technology than winning a race but it, it was more fun for him for that uh whereas the big learned people particularly bruce mclaren they were business people they needed to have the money coming in so that they could keep on racing and also do indianapolis and formula one and formula two and all the other things they did so that uh, it was a different um, approach to it, a different reason, different motivation. And we not, don't forget there was an American car built by a Brit, Peter Bryant, who built, first of all, his titanium car mm-hmm. for 69 and 70. And then in 71 and 72, he built cars for Shadow. So he, he was a solid car builder in America, although he was Brit. Uh, We have uh, Bob McKee, who built cars in Chicago. We have Genie, uh, a number of Canadian specials builders, I suppose. So it wasn't all Europeans, but the Europeans did bring the expertise, uh, the fresh blood, perhaps, the enthusiasm that you're talking about. And don't forget that they had um, uh, Formula One drivers. Every every Can-Am driver was a Formula One driver.
2: As can was winding up in, in 74, as it was beginning to come to an end, and 74 was the championship season for, for Shadow, they'd already started with Formula One. That started the year before, and they went through to 1980. Formula One was an interesting direction for Don Nichols and Shadow to go in. Where did that come from, as best as you can, you can tell us, Pete?
6: I think it was actually Jackie Oliver who led them that way. Jackie had become an integral part of the shadow operation. He joined in seventy-one with uh, Peter Bryant. He'd been driving with Peter Bryant the year before, so that uh, once he got involved in with shadow, and once they got the lavish, in quotes sponsorship from UOP, then uh, Jackie, as Don said to us, uh, you know, Jackie came to me and he pointed out that if we've got Uh, a lot of budget and we've got a lot of expertise. The place to get your your word out into the world is Formula One. Winning a North American championship is one thing, but going for the world championship, it's a whole different level of publicity, of reach, of enthusiasm. And so apparently Don nodded his head and said, let's try that. Because don't forget, he was an international fellow. He's very, very, very uh, experienced with European Formula One racing because mm. of his tire businesses.
2: At the time, you think of people. I mean, you still think of people like Dan Gurney, Roger Penske. Yet, in some ways, certainly at that time, Don Nichols was bigger internationally than either of those two. But he never seemed to get. Certainly, didn't get the spotlight shone on him. Was that was that his choice? Was he flying below the radar? a little bit. It, it, I mean, the Shadow name is, 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 is well termed.
6: I don't think it's accurate to say they were flying below the radar. Don was always proud of pre- presenting his cars, the the uh, dramatic livery. He liked the aesthetically pleasing styling of the cars. They had hospitality units mm. before other people did, or at a greater uh, level than other people did. They had uh, uh There there was, I think people saw in Don Nichols and the shadow team in Europe a a step up in terms of how these could be marketed, presented, promoted, and so on. Uh, There may be people who would disagree with that, but that, as an outsider and as a patriotic American, I think that's the case. He
2: he didn't quite get the attention, though, and, and history hasn't celebrated him as much as, say, Gurney or, or Roger Penske. Now, OK, we, Roger Penske has continued. Don Nicholas is, is, is clearly no longer longer with us. Uh, reading your book, I, I get the sense of thinking, well, why not? Because his achievements were extraordinary.
6: John, that is a really good question. I'm not prepared to expound on it because I simply don't know. <laughs> uh, my sense is both talking with him later and remembering my casual conversations with him in pit lines around the world, uh, is he was a very quiet fellow, very taciturn. He looked a bit forbidding. Mm. Uh, there was something about his stature, his impassive look. It was sort of subtly flamboyant, the way he looked. You can think of other people, that I won't name, but in Formula One, they, they you notice that they they presented themselves as though they were movie stars on, on uh, Oscar night. Uh, Don had a little bit of that, but he wasn't that kind of a person. Uh, also, let us be honest, and I tried to treat this in the book with sensitivity and fairness, he was not known as a person you wanted to do business deals with. And I think this handicapped him. As
2: we said, you were around to see that happen at the time. When you were doing the research and the interviews for this book what what was it was there anything in particular that you thought ah right that's made sense of something or oh my goodness I never knew that were there any real revelations for you or was it just a jigsaw puzzle that was being put together from what you'd seen yourself when you'd followed the series around in those heady days
6: I would say a combination of both of the things you just said Uh, As you've been talking, I've been trying to see what bubbled up to the top, and I think I never quite understood the sheer amount of hard work Mm. against desperately unfertile odds. When I listen to all the stories that people have told me about doing all-nighters night after night after night just to get the car repaired because they didn't have another car, they couldn't afford it, uh, Tony Southgate bless him, has been so helpful in this book. He wrote me a lot of emails and includes this story that I'd never heard of before a Spanish Grand Prix one night when he went back to his hotel late at night, midnight, thinking that the cars were all ready for the race tomorrow. When his uh, team manager called him, Peter Kerr, I think it was, uh, he says, uh, Tony, Tony, we have a fuel leak. You'd best come back here. I have said it was a fuel leak. Sorry, it was a broken suspension bracket and that we're the uh, where the uh, 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 trailing rod goes into the back of the monocroc, right oh. where the tank is. They had to gas-weld that up in a paddock in the middle of the night in the soccer stadium there in Barcelona on the oh top of the hill. Oh, my goodness. They obviously drained the fuel from the tank, but they didn't have time to actually take the bag out of the tank. Oh. And so they had to re-weld suspension brackets. And so the they worked until dawn, and he said, you know... Uh, I. I don't know if I can repeat exactly what he said, but he said he was quite nervous. He was perspiring certain hard objects, but it, it, they succeeded without blowing up the entire paddock and destroying the entirety of the Grand Prix Circus in a mighty explosion. Uh, but things like that, these are part of the reasons we love racing, John, I think. It's, it's the extraordinary demands it puts on a person, which therefore brings out the best in that person and you get this in in all sports in all competitive endeavors but in motor racing it is so dramatic so loud so lurid colorful exciting and it happens at various places around the world it's intoxicating
2: i know there were different days but with the passage of time do you get do you feel that what you've you've been able to uncover in some respects and and with the man himself with don Nickel himself that you've got a little more of the shall I say, this, of the colour of what went on in those days?
6: Very much so. And again, that is a really sharp question, John. At, at the time that I was a journalist, I was very aware of, I accepted, it wasn't, I wasn't annoyed by it, but it was very clear that I had an adversarial relationship with all these people we smiled at and grinned at and told jokes with, but there were things that they were just not going to let me know. And I understand that, having been in a very small way a crew member of myself in various small teams. What strikes me as I've gone through the book,
2: and I love it, by the way, I love the anecdotes that we've talked about. Some of the photographs, the stories are fabulous, and, and I that's what I read a book for. But I've got to say as well, Pete, the photo research and some of the photographs that I've certainly never seen before, and I thought I knew a bit about this sport, that that adds a whole different dimension for me. There's a lot of hard work gone into that as well.
6: Yes. Uh, let me start out by saying that it was an absolute delight to work with Evro. Mark Hughes, Mark has just been an absolute joy to work with. Eric Burton rowe who runs the company, their art director, Richard Parsons. It was a, literally a joy working with them on that project, as it was the previous year when I did the book on Lotus 72 mm. with them. But you're right. The uh, The photography is a lot down to them. They were able to get the most magnificent photos from some of the premier names in, in automotive photography, uh, Rainer Schlegelmilk, uh, David Phipps, and so on, several others. Um, we also had access to a lot of photographs that Don Nichols had uh, collected over oh, the years. Fabulous. Uh, and then we had, we had as many... We actually had some U.S. photographers who... Contributed a few photographs. They just wanted to be part of it. Wow! It, uh, and it, it was, and and then um, I I have some photographs in there too, and I tried to give them the best ones I had. But it, all together, and and Rich Parsons, uh, the way he massaged them. My wife is a, uh, a designer, and she's done some book layouts. And Lorna has pointed out to me that every time you turn the page and you look at a photograph, that photograph glows off the page rich worked very hard on color color balance uh crispness presentation i don't have the right terms i'm not a print publisher i i I send them the material and hope they do it right Uh, and he did it right
2: oh he did Uh, there's no doubt everything is wonderful the black and whites are moody particularly with of course the the very distinctive dark liveries of the car—the colours pop, as as you rightly say. I've got two questions to finish with for, from yeah. you. One, one on this, uh, mighty tome. Are you happy with it, Pete? Do you feel when you drew the line under it and sent it off to Mark Hughes, that right? That's it. I can I can stop looking at the menu now, if you like. That's the way I want it to be.
6: I have uh, a a tendency when I write to write way more than is wanted. Uh, They initially wanted me to send them 60,000 words. We compromised on 140,000 words.
0: Get in.
6: And I had to to stop myself from finding some of the people that could have helped a lot to tell their stories. There were some drivers that I just didn't get a chance to talk to, and I apologized to the poor guys. They'll just have to seek their fame elsewhere, I'm afraid.
2: I, I think that sounds like volume two, the directest cut. The, the second of the two questions, and my final one to you, because you've been very generous with your time. What's the next project?
6: Um, I am currently actually working on a companion piece to that. It's a smaller, thinner volume, far fewer pages, but the same basic dimensions. And it's specifically about the first shadow, the quote, tiny tire car, or oh. what Don Nichols used to call the knee high car. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that raced three times in 1970 in two different configurations. Um, that's going to be packaged with the special edition of the book that's going to be prepared later in this year, hopefully in time for Christmas. Uh, that that special edition will be boxed in a metal box that's made to look exactly like a black anodized shadow oh. monocoque. Uh, it will contain a, a thumb drive in it, which uh, has a, an... Never before seen interview between Trevor Harris and Don Nichols, done um, 45 years after their collaboration. Uh, Trevor went to Don's place and they sat for three or four hours with a professional crew doing it. Don, Trevor, and his wife Freddie, uh, she has a background in filmmaking. Uh, They uh, they got concerned that John was getting older and they needed to get some of this on audio tape or on Mm videotape, and so they actually did it, and it's been sitting there without them basically thinking of doing anything further with it, they just had it, and so we've put that into this special package.
2: Oh, well, put me down for one of those, definitely. Pate Lyons, thank you very much. The book is Shadow, the Magnificent Machines of a Man of Mystery, covering all of the shadows from Can-Am through Formula One and Formula 5000, and indeed, the reboot of Can-Am as well, Pete Lyons, thanks for joining us on Midweek Motorsport from California. Be safe, keep doing some great work, won't you, sir?
6: You do as well, John. Thank you.
3: And those 440,000 words fill 464 pages in hardback. Uh, the book is out now and it's priced £75 on 90 US dollars.
2: Worth every penny.
3: Uh, now, coming up tomorrow night on RS1, it's the Tora Radio show uh, and this week it's going to be presented by Ben Williams, who tells me that they will be mostly talking about the mixed reactions to the release of Project Cars 3. Oh. Rally News now.
2: Can uh. <laughs> <laughs> you just turn it up a little
3: bit when I and Nick, get that Nick reaction? Damon and
2: Cher Adam still with us there. You might have guessed from the <laughs> lurch like <laughs> reply. Ooh. Hang on. Rally news now? <sighs> That sounds like an old Citroën BX uh, just dropping down on its air suspension, doesn't it? Look that one up, kids. Yeah.
3: That would have worked well in a valley.
2: It would, yeah. <laughs> they had a BX by four, of course, or BX by BX, as they were. Citroën times Citroën for the four-wheel drive ones. Anyway, move on.
3: Uh, Rally Germany. Rally Germany. Uh, October the 15th to the 18th is not going to happen this year It's been cancelled, it is the 8th WRC event of the year to be cancelled However, uh, the Italian round of the World Rally Championship in Sardinia uh, Is now going to go ahead on a new date uh, of October the 8th to the 11th Right Uh, World Rally Championship of course resumes in uh, less than two weeks time Uh, in Estonia on uh, the 4th of September.
2: Hang on, Nick.
3: (laughs) 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 And there's news about the end of uh, the season as well, because with Rally Japan being cancelled, which was due to be the final round of this year's World Rally Championship, uh, the final round of this year's World Rally Championship uh, will now be the Rally Ypres. Uh, from November the nineteenth to the twenty-second, no.
4: really? Yes, it's really. Gar- it's guaranteed to rain,
2: isn't it? Oh my goodness! For the rally of wipers, and, and, and is it very good? <clears throat> I see what you did there. Um, did you? Uh, are they going to run that on some of the classic uh, routes, then as well?
3: Oh yes, it's it's the proper EEF rally. It's just been adopted by the World Rally Championship for uh, this year, rather than the U- FIA European Rally Championship, which is what it is normally a part of, and the uh, final power stage will be using part of the Spa-Francorchamps Grand Prix circuit. Yes,
2: I did, say that. I did see that. From Eau to
3: Radion. Uh,
2: so are they going to use, effectively, the Rallycross circuit then?
3: I'd imagine it will involve part of the Rallycross circuit. Um, I don't know. It says featuring Eau Rouge and Radion, which to my mind suggests they're doing Eau Rouge first and then Radion, but it wouldn't be cool if they were doing it the other way down the hill mm.
2: Ooh. Uh, got some tweets coming in before we move on thank you at Uh Ben Williams says oddly enough Nick's response to rally news is the same as most people's reaction to project cars 3
4: oh yeah I read the, I've <laughs> read the
2: reviews more of that have you odd. played
3: it yet though Nick
2: I, it's
4: Xbox. Uh, I am I obviously I, I've got a proper sim rig. Love now on a PC, and I also I also have a PlayStation. But no, Project Cars is not a sim. It's an arcade game, and everyone's upset about that because it
2: was a sim. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, that's a, tomorrow night is eight. Yes, Dave Olcock says that Shadow Special Edition sounds amazing. Now, do I order the regular edition or hold out for the special edition? It's a tough call, isn't it? It's a tough call. I can tell you, having in fact, it's literally sitting on my table downstairs in the drawing room. The the regular one is a weighty tome, but I'm very excited, very excited for that new. Uh, go to Evro. Uh, the, How
4: much is the new one?
2: I, do, I don't know. Evropublishing.com is where the details are. And, and the, the problem is you don't know. When that's coming, how much it is, how many there might be. Tough. Very tough. Uh, and the book is worth it. I'll tell you now the book is worth it. Anything that Pete Lyons... I was a bit... You might have realised Nick was busy eating not one, but two ricotta strawberry cakes. Do you want to say anything? You only got one?
4: I think your wife decided who her favourite is. Ah, okay. <laughs>
3: I think there was a pause at the start of the show which might have determined that.
2: Yeah, no, good point. <laughs> Fair point, well made and beautifully presented. Um, however, you might have heard me being a little bit starstruck with Pete Lyons because I remember Pete writing in Autosport. And happy birthday to Autosport, by the way. 70, 70 years, years old young. this week. Uh, I think it was yesterday, actually. Yes, after stumbling in the last year, it was back up and running again. Yeah, uh, and, and whatever we think about the people in whose hold it is at the moment... There, you can't knock a, a motorsport publication that's been around for seventy years, and my there's a heck of a lot of people. My favourite tweet of this week, go ahead.
3: Uh, was uh, someone said, "Oh, you? Uh, Autosport is seventy this week." His wife replied, "What pounds?"
2: <laughs> <laughs> it could have been. It could have been. Very much. Ad uh, speculation. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, thanks to Pete Lyons and uh, to. Rebecca Leppard from uh, Everall for setting up that interview uh, for us as well. Indeed, she's been very helpful over the last couple of months. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, we'll have more of those big interviews in the next few months. I'm thoroughly enjoying them. Shit, uh, Adam is with us now for a bit of US news. Indy Before 500. Before we
3: get on to that, I haven't finished the rally news.
2: Oh, sorry. Uh, Hang because on. Because uh, <laughs> the
3: Azores rally uh, has also been cancelled. Oh, yes. Cancelled. Um, that it Have was... we got a
2: new date for the Mountain Gorilla Rally yet? Hang
3: on, the Azores Rally okay. was due to be the next round of the FIU... FIA European Rally Championship. Um, so, at how the is moment... the Azores in Europe? It's part of Portugal, isn't
4: it? It's the middle of the Atlantic. It's a stop off for planes before they can do the whole gap themselves. Now, I'm having nothing against the Azores, but I'm just saying it's not very European in my mind. It's it
3: Portuguese.
4: Well, fair enough. Yeah, so is You're the Portuguese, so is part, so is Angola at one point. That's not Europe, is it?
3: You'd be saying that Martinique and French Guyana aren't part of Europe. Next,
4: good point. Yeah, they're they obviously well, you know, <laughs> let's not let us not run back past the colonial past of Europe because it's going to be a very difficult rabbit hole for the us next, to go down. Next,
3: <laughs> currently the next round of the FIA European uh, Rally Championship will be the Cyprus Rally on the sixteenth to eighteenth of October, but uh, the organizers the promoters are in discussions with the organizers of the rally faf montilongo uh, so which is in mainland <laughs> portugal <laughs> Nick.
4: the rally faf faf i'm faffing about no, a rally no faf
2: montilongo faf montilongo that does that does sound like a fast sure sketch doesn't it <laughs> oh faf montilongo uh, eh el sportivo uh. eh le rally m- uh. faf Volvo. Multi Volvo, yeah, <laughs> it's even better. No, Multi Volvo is much better. Several. Eh, anyway, moving on.
3: American news uh, and welcome back, Shay.
2: She's not been Hello. anywhere. See, now that was interesting that you should mention that because every time the UK commentators picked up in the ad breaks, they said, "Welcome back to the UK Comms booth," and we have a never been there and b never moved. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah,
4: good point. And more importantly, I fast forwarded through, through
2: those bits. bits. Oh, we all did. We, <laughs> everybody, did. Every, we were all, we'd all been working. Did
4: you, I fast forwarded right at the point where NBC previewed a program we can't possibly ever see.
2: Yeah. Uh, hello to Tom Kiermore tonight. Who's listening in? Tom, good work at the week, mate. And thank didn't you very much indeed, totally, Tom.
4: <laughs> oh, that's harsh. <laughs> no, it wasn't against him. I just don't want to. I just want to get back to the action again. You were trying to catch up. We'd yeah, all I was, been I was working hours behind.
2: behind. Yeah, we were. We were. I was. <laughs> I didn't watch it until Tuesday. Gable, <laughs> Tom Camus listening in tonight, thank you for your kind words about the news on the uh, on the extension to the contract for rich Shore Limited. Thank you, Tom. Tom and Alex Jacks at the at the weekend. Oh, no, actually, so. Alex is
4: getting go everywhere
3: now, isn't he? He's ubiquitous. But he is He's very good. Short.
2: <laughs> what a getting <Yeah>. in everywhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he is he is good. Uh let's <laughs> talk about the race itself. Um, am I allowed to say, Cher, that I was less than excited by the Indy 500 this year?
5: Oh, absolutely. A ton of the illustrious uh, glow about the race disappeared simply because it was taking place in August
2: instead of May. No, no, and... no, 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 no. Sorry, you've you've misunderstood me. You've, I was very, very excited about the Indy five hundred, and despite the fact that I'd been that I'd done fourteen hours of broadcasting on Saturday, <laughs> and another whatever it was, six or seven uh, uh, on Sunday, um, I was ready. I was ready for that race. I watched all of the build up. I thought the build up, given that there was no fans there, other than the driver introductions, which was a bit weird. But I thought mm. everything else, I thought the Thunderbirds were great. I thought the songs were great. I thought the, I thought Roger Penske was great and the things that he said before he did drive a start. All of that, all the build-up, all the razzmatazz. Danica Patrick, who does not say, um, uh, and you know, anymore. So her media training really worked when uh, she uh, swapped her uh, management company a few years ago now. Uh, she was brilliant. Uh, I thought the whole NBC production was great. Uh, I, I, I did not kind of understand why Paul Tracy couldn't be with everybody else and they had to stick him down the road at, at well, turn two. He's quite big, so being two metres from him would take up a lot of studio. That's harsh, but true.
3: And he was there for qualifying as well. And he wasn't a yeah, was. uh, distanced person either, was
2: we'll he? Right. Who else? Oh, the man in the treehouse. Yes. There was a man in the treehouse. Rented the trees. He rented somebody's back garden. Genius. 400 bucks. I know. Best 400 bucks. It would be probably less than scalping (laughs) a ticket outside if it had been available. (laughs) Yeah, true. Um, The race itself. Um, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Are you just going to be negative, Nelly? No, I was chuffed
4: with a number of motorsport events over the weekend, and I was looking forward it as well, but it just never
2: happened, did it? Right, two things for me. Nobody has got their... This is what I think. I don't think very many people... I won't say nobody. I don't think very many people, and it wasn't talked about that much in the US Mm. commentary, I don't think that many people have really got their heads around the difference that the aero screen has made at Indy. The back ends of the car all looked really, really flighty. And all Mm -hmm. of the incidents that we had, here was people having a car break away and snap on them instantly. Nothing progressive about it. It was gone and, oh, it's gone the other way, tank slapper in the wall. Uh, and that looked a bit scary to me. Uh, and I, I think there was a number of people struggling with that.
5: Yeah, um, I will say to its credit, crashes at the Indy 500 don't often, there, there aren't very many that you can save. Um, we've seen more Sorry. over the years that have just snapped away. So I think that is a characteristic of the speeds and the track too, but I agree with what you're saying. The aero screen is definitely making more of a difference than people are admitting or even really acknowledging in terms of the performance. Um, I think that's part of the reason that this year we have seen so many people struggle in terms of their performances, whereas we're used to seeing more diversity at the top. The podiums have tended to be the same group of people and generally the people who are best at adapting to new situations. Um, it was an interesting race. I watched a lot of it on fast forward. I wasn't upset that there were as many commercial breaks as there were because I was able to press fast forward every yeah, time yeah. there was a commercial exactly. break. Um, but in terms of the racing that we saw, I mean, the the show that Dixon put on, whether it was battling with Sato or Rossi, when they were going back and forth for quite some time, I was captivated by that. But as you said, there was just something missing. And what was missing from me, to be perfectly honest, was the fact that I didn't wake up in the morning and watch Monaco and then watch Indy. I wasn't in that mental space for the Indy 500. Ah, I was just watching point. Yeah. a race at the end of a okay. Sunday after working all
2: day. It, I suspect that that's a US thing because, yeah. you know, for me, I finish work. I sit down and I say, what is on the DVR? I, I forgot about the second Darwin V8 Supercars race of which more from Creelsea in a wee while uh, for On The Grid tomorrow. Um, and I forgot about that, so I hadn't had that to catch up on. I'd watched most of the MotoGP, which we'll talk about with Nick in a moment, uh, either as it happened or pretty close to as it happened. But on Sunday, because the mission Pilot Challenge race was pushed back in the day, um we i I decided, even though we had a little bit of break, not to watch the start of the Indy five hundred and i 'd watched a little bit of the build up in the gap that we did have and, and then I watched it all in one lump with some snacks and a couple of drinks um, the uh, a couple of people saying you know, it was a bit meh uh no Pitman man was a mistake, gentleman green racing saying that or a miss should I say um. The Rossi, Rossi, I, I said, and, and hopefully the responsible adult will tweet this out. When Rossi got his unsafe penalty, it's hmm? unsafe, yeah. unsafe, yeah, which it absolutely was. Mm-hmm. Do we mm-hmm. have any disagreement with that? It's bad luck, but yeah, that's what happened. No. It's not his fault. Yeah, No. He goes where he's told to go. Yeah. He gets sent to the back. I said to Eve, how many laps before he puts it in the wall? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and Eve said well, the, the under prob- 10 the, the problem and is, she course, was right with the aero screen
4: and with the issue with the tyres going off it's so hard to overtake after about four laps it doesn't matter what you you, you just can't get past so yes you're going to start pushing aren't you mm. and he had at that point 27 cars in the lead lap to get past
2: he's the man that everybody loves to hate and he underlined that reputation again on Sunday by being very very whingy in his uh, his uh, interview after he came out of the infield care centre. Um, but, yeah. you know, if that if that works for him, Shay, if he doesn't mind about that, you know, he, he was complaining about being at the back. He shouldn't have been at the back. He shouldn't have been this. He shouldn't have been that. Well, you know, um, that's Rossi, isn't it? That's that's his persona.
5: It is. And I want to read a, a quote from the race director, Kyle Novak. He said, we want to tighten up things in the pit lane because of the human element. And 27 which is Alexander Rossi was launched into an occupied lane, whether it was occupied when they told him to go, it was occupied by the time his car got there. So the penalty, whether you want to whine about it, gripe about it, whatever, if you want to argue it, you can argue it all day, but ultimately IndyCar race control had decided that they were going to start enforcing that penalty more strictly because they're worried about people getting hit in the pit lane. So they were doing it for a human safety element. In that mind, I don't think there's anything wrong with issuing a penalty if Mm. two cars collide in a pit lane, even if no one's at fault, because you're trying to set a precedent. You're trying to say, guys, be safe. We're trying to keep everyone in the pit lane safe overall. In terms of his losing the car and winding up in the wall, he was driving very aggressively. I mean, off the restart, he passed five cars in one corner. So he was a man on a mission. But as he even said, they weren't planning to be that far back. The air is different back there. If you're not planning to be that far back, then don't get a penalty that puts you that far back Hmm. or do something to drive defensively until you can get yourself in a position where you can cycle back to the front.
2: Yeah, um, let's talk quickly about the the rookies. Uh, Ultimately, neither of them got the result that they wanted, Share, but both Spaniard Alex Pelot and the Dutchman Reynos VK. Yeah. Um, who was shortened his name to VK rather Some,
4: than a proper long Dutch name?
2: Yeah, but like <laughs> Van Catteravaven, something can, like that. Yeah, in in cricket, back did, down did through a the lot years. of the rookies. They'd in the
4: wall though. More than just uh, VK, yes. had a problem with the pit, hit his pit crew, which put him out of contention. Um, Paloo hit the ball, then two or three the other Oliver Askew hit the
2: wall. That, that was you. a big hit. That Not was a... scary. And that was and and that that was a genuine. Uh, quite an un- unusual error from Oliver because he's raced there before, sharing the Freedom One Hundred in in Indy Lights, and he turned down, which you never do, whilst his spotter was telling him go high, go high, go high. And he tried to pinch the corner, and that's why he had the crash.
5: Yeah, and now,
2: it- and, and by the way, uh, by the way, I should say. It was probably the sharp end of 180, 200 miles an hour. So you have got split seconds to make those decisions. But on those decisions, that's that's what racing drivers do all the time. He made a mistake in the decision-making process. He might say that probably nine out of ten times, nine and a half times out of ten times, he'd do the same thing. But ultimately, if he'd breathed the car and gone up towards the outside wall, he'd have got past that, that accident.
5: Yeah, and um, at the end of the day, it it winds up being a coulda, woulda, shoulda situation for Oliver. Uh, Very disappointing, though, particularly given how well his teammate Padua Ward was running throughout the rest of the Mm. race. Oliver is having an up and down year as his IndyCar rookie season is beginning. But as Jeremy pointed out, it's not that long ago that he was only in go-karts. So the fact that he was even running in the Indy 500 this year is something quite remarkable. Uh, But it was as a result of Connor Daly's spin that Oliver got lost in the smoke, per se. And yeah, pinched the car down. I guarantee you, though, that's not a mistake he's going to make again. Uh,
2: And as far as the end of the race is concerned, Nick, uh, a few people complaining that it ended under yellows. I jumped up and down madly when Dario won under yellows. Was I disappointed we didn't go to green on the way out? Uh, Paul Tracy for NBC was calling for the red flag five laps before the end, fine. Uh, you know, that, that's what he wanted to see. The problem was that the repair to the end of the pit wall was going to take longer than yeah. the network TV time.
4: Yeah, I think it was going to be an hour and a half. If they had called a red flag, it would be about anything up to an hour and a half before they could start again. So that wasn't... A, you can't have an hour and a half of dead air at that point of a, of a, a network TV programme. More importantly, it's not really what... IndyCar do, yes, possibly you might see a slightly more um, manufactured ending from NASCAR, but IndyCar's more of a pure racing season series, and, and it's one of those things, you know, it ended on under yellow, it, it, it was denied as four or five laps that might have been exciting, it was a, you know, a heavy intimation from uh, Scott Dixon, a little bit of a sore loser, to be honest. Mm,
2: I was um, a bit
4: surprised by that as well. Is, course, any, once he's won everything, course, he's only won Indy ones, isn't he, in, in all the time. Yeah, um, 2008. So... Yeah. Yeah, he's intimating he thought Taki was going to run out of fuel, which is a little bit unfair because you don't know. Um, and I was very pleased. I was very pleased to see Sato winning. Everyone thinks he's a great guy, you know, and and uh, you know it's good for the sport. Dixon, lovely man that he is. He's just a bit boring if he won because he was just looking so much quicker. So I think it's great that we have got a, a slightly surprised winner, and one obviously of a more senior age. So that's good.
2: Uh, I, I, I was a bit surprised at, at Dixie. Um, if I'm honest, Marco Andretti, that was a disappointment. After all the hype and the excitement around him being on pole position, just really wasn't wasn't a factor, to be honest. here.
5: No, none of the Andretti cars really were. Uh, Hunter Ray looked like he was going to school the day off the start of the race, and then disappeared. Had that uh, pit penalty that sort of dropped him out of contention. And I think Hinch was the best finishing of all the Andretti cars, and he was back in seventh or something. So it wasn't a great day for anyone out of their stable. And
2: uh, Graham Rahal, I want to mention, because he has come out and said, look, would I have liked to have had a three or four lap dash uh, to the flag? Yes, I would. But he's saying, that's the competitor in me, the, the fan in me. The sensible person in me is saying, finish under yellow. That's what happens at Indy. It was the right thing to do. And that was very magnanimous, yeah.
5: It really was. Graham Hall definitely earned some new fans after his performance uh, on Sunday. And he just, he really brought it all the way around, showed his maturity. Because you have to think if it was 10 years ago, we would have been saying, oh, I could have won this race. I had the same car as Sato. I, I, I would have been walking away. Yeah, but point. no, he's saying... Congrats to my teammate. This is this is how it should have been. Uh, and
2: great, great news for Rahal letterman Lanigan. They're doing multiple programs at the moment. Our, I was going to say, our old friend, uh, Piers Phillips, but our friend of a long time, Piers Phillips, is the director of racing for RLL. He and Carolyn, his lovely lady, were celebrating massively with the rest of the team, I'm sure, on Sunday night. And for Bobby Rahal and the rest of the team, that that's a good win for them. I mean, it's the Indy 500. It's a huge win for them. But that's a win that they will celebrate long and hard and deservedly, Sheer.
5: It really is. And you've got to just think back for a minute and really smile for Bobby Rahal and his whole organization, winning Daytona 24 hours uh, for the second time, by the way, in two years, and the Indy 500 in the same year. That's going to be a really good end-of-year banquet for him. The other
2: person just to finish off on this share uh, and and Nick in particular um, that uh, that was anonymous was Fernando Alonso. Yeah, never showed at all. And Alan Prosser points out that 100 percent of the Indy 500s that Fernando Alonso has raced in have been won by Takuma Sato. That is true. Yes, both
4: 2017 <laughs> and now.
2: Um, yeah,
4: I think he had a very, very nondescript race, which is surprising because both of his teammates, or his erstwhile teammates, Oliver, Oliver Askew, and um, Pato Ward, both showed real pace. You know, not obviously no finish for Oliver. Um, and he was at the back he had some problems he was kind of moving forward but only as high as 15th and then he had his clutch give out which made all his pit stops far too long so it was a battle to get at the end in true endurance fashion he took the flag and was lapped down because of clutch issues but realistically without that he might have scraped the top 10 Shea but that's about it but he hadn't
2: even showed before the, the, the clutch issues I in, think the in... clutch
3: issue was there from the start it just uh, oh, really? okay. didn't yeah. become apparent until that first pit stop
2: He's not going to be able to do Indy for the next
3: couple nope. of years. Renault have Renault said no, no,
4: no, 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 no. But then again, even when he gets... But don't forget, if he, if he does come back in two years' time, he'll still be two years younger than Taku was this year. So, you know, there's plenty of time.
2: Very good, very good. Uh, Sheik, quick update on some other US news. IMSA, um, we we heard about the the, the clashes with the Mobile 1 12 Hours of Sebring, with WEC, a couple of driver changes coming up in the next few editions, including a welcome back to a British favourite for Aston Martin at Atlanta for the Michelin round of the championship, which replaces the oh I can't even remember now. It replaces Watkins Glen, doesn't it? Uh, that round, <laughs> and it's the tyre the tyre rack six hours, or, or it's it's going to be, isn't it, in the Michelin? Oh. Uh, So Darren Turner back for for Aston Martin.
5: Yeah, which will make Sarah Rigby very happy. She'll have another of her Aston Martin favourites to uh, cheer for. Um, But yes, the heart of racing, Ian James and uh, Roman DeAngelis, the two drivers who are going to complete this season. I was going to say the two full season drivers, but Alex for was supposed to be full season with Roman De Angelis before he got stuck in New Zealand. So now we need a replacement for Alex for Who does Aston Martin send along a guy named Darren Turner? Who's pretty handy at Petit Le Mans. Just, uh, uh, well for that race, he he's won uh, the 10 hour before and he's been second in at once. So he knows his way around road Atlanta and he's going to be a nifty uh, backup driver. That's for sure. <laughs>
2: Uh, and uh, also, well, th- th- I'm not sure how it's all going to work. Philippe Albuquerque was saying uh, how uh, how excited he is to be going back to uh, Atlanta for what will be the first of two races, of course. Petit Lamont still to come uh, later uh, in mm. the year. Uh, are we expecting many more driver changes uh, as far as oh. the next IMSA race is concerned? We should have had the, the enemy list by now, shouldn't we?
5: I've just pressed refresh once again, and yep, still nothing up. Um, To be honest, I'm not expecting many of the prototypes to bring their third drivers out for the six hour. They normally don't for the June weekend when uh, we have the sailing six hours of the Glen. But you do have to have a third driver if you're in LMP2 and in GTD, so that changes some of the lineups that we're going to see. Um, A couple notable changes as far as WeatherTech is concerned for that GTD field. Aaron Tielitz is jumping back into the number 12 in Vassar Sullivan Lexus. He is their third driver for the Enduros, which means that he and Jack Hawksworth, who have been driving together, are now driving separately. There's a little bit more to the story with Jack Hawksworth and his uh, two co-drivers in the Lexus, Dan- Michael De Casada, who was actually brought to the team by Daniel Morad. Daniel now joins Michael in the 14 Lexus, so they've paired up those two drivers and put them back with jack moving aaron back to the original spot that he was supposed to be in but it does give an interesting points opportunity here and we expect to see aaron tilitz back in the 12 for the remaining long distance races Mm. but in the 14 for the sprint rounds and since this is a long distance race we are down three cars because there were three cars that were sprint only Uh, the compass racing mclaren the gradient racing acura and the hardpoint audi and the hard point Audi is another point because Spencer Pompelli, who drives with Rob Ferial, he's going to be back with Magnus as their third driver. So there's quite a bit of shuffling around as far as the driver lineups are concerned. But all of this is stuff I've been able to piece together since we don't yet have the official entry list. But before we move away. I was going to say, entirely, we don't have,
2: do we have official results from VIR yet?
5: We got those this morning. Um, and that is something that I wanted to touch on because that was a big thing. Um, first and foremost, we knew that there was going to be a change to the GTD results as after the race, uh, post-race tech found that, uh, the Paul Miller racing Lamborghini, I almost said Audi that was way back now, um, their Lamborghini was found to be out of compliance with the, uh, fuel allowance in the car. They were 0.8 of a liter over capacity that had no effect on the race that they ran, but it was against the rules so it's it's sort of the same situation as Ben Keating and the Riley Technology 4GT at Le Mans their fuel tank was out of compliance so they were DQ'd. Oh
2: do not get me started on volume <laughs> against weight um, well, well, in, in point of fact the way i heard it sheer um, and not to go into too much detail the fuel tank actually was within compliance but there was there was too much fuel in the fuel line
5: there they were 0. 0.8 of a liter over fuel capacity make of that what you will okay. but the the team not manager deliberate. in a statement yep mitchell simmons said we fully support him decision and how they handled it the rules are rules we've just got to look at the process and make sure it's only a mistake we make this once yeah, so call. they've taken it on the nose they've said you know what it's fine um they are not in the full season championship they are only going for the endurance race points so of course the next race is more, much more important to them. And they're glad that this mistake happened in a race where they can afford to lose all the points. Whereas the next time they come out, they're championship leaders for the Michelin endurance cup. Um, The other interesting thing about that though, is it really hurt Lamborghini's points as far as the the manufacturers championship is concerned because those with the official points coming out today it takes lamborghini from third in points to being tied back in fifth and it was a five point loss so a substantial blow to their hopes of trying to win another manufacturer championship
2: a uh, quick final note uh Devin jones had a very nasty accident Uh, Went straight on at turn one, ended up in the forest. That's a very long way away from the turning point to turn one. He was taken to a local medical facility, local hospital, Duke University, I think, medical, wasn't it? Uh, Who looked after him brilliantly. Uh, Broken bones in his back and a broken arm uh, was the result of that. He looked incredibly chirpy, uh, even as early as... (laughs) Saturday when we saw some of the social media. What's the longer term prognosis there, Cher?
5: Oh, we don't know yet. Uh, Devin and his family are very private and they will provide us with more information when they see fit. But I did text with Devin the other day He's doing well, he's in good spirits, and he said that the outreach from the IMSA community has just been completely overwhelming. So if you want to send him a little note on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, he would appreciate hearing from everybody. It's going to be a road back for him.
2: Yeah, sure is. Uh, and nice to see uh, Catherine Leg supporting him as well as she's in the midst of her rehabilitation at the moment. Uh, it is Midweek Motorsports, Series 15, Episode 34. Tim Gray is up in London. With some good news. Which is? Uh, Because
3: this weekend uh, it is the Nürburgring Langstracker Series annual six hour race, the uh, Adeat Serguerpakal race. And uh, they're going to allow spectators in. Yes, so I know. Uh, the New has received approval from the Arveila District Administration uh, to open the BMW M-Power Grandstand, the Bilstein Grandstand and the Mercedes Grandstand. Those are at Turn 3, Turn 4 and Turn 4A. Uh, spectators will not be allowed on the Nordschleifer.
2: It's not the same, but it's a start. It is definitely a start. Christian Stefani,
3: the Managing Director of VLN, uh, guillain and Co., said a little bit of normality is returning to the Nürburgring Endurance Series. Our fans can finally get a taste of racing again on site. The spectators are an integral part of the sport in our series and we're very happy to finally be able to welcome them back to the track. Tickets must be purchased in advance.
2: And tomorrow night at nine o'clock, it's our Australian look at motorsport. Here's Krilzy. This week on the grid, Aussie touring car legend Mark Larkham is our special guest as we break down the first two legs of the Darwin Double and look ahead to Townsville this weekend. Chatting with Larko is never not interesting and our half hour with the touchscreen guru, if you've seen it, you know what I mean, is filled with his usual insight and a whole lot more. Do not miss it. DeWalt Racing's Scotty Pye is on the show to reflect on his remarkable run of form, three podiums in six races, and Lee Holdsworth also joins the chat. There's all that and a whole lot more, the usual banter and commentary on what's going on in the world of Aussie motorsport. Check it out, Thursday night, 9pm UK time on RS1. We've That's got a about, massive
3: show. It is. We've got massive ninety show. seconds to talk about bikes, Nick Damon.
2: Well, the simple reason, the simple thing to say about bikes is, isn't it? Much better without Mark Marquez. <laughs> <laughs> Well yes, um, but that's not his fault obviously. No no, no, and, you, no. and
4: after the news is speak that he's got a much longer injury and it looks like he's got nerve damage on yeah, his arms so it's least. two to three months. So let's first of all I wish Mark a full and total recovery and perhaps for your own sake Mark come back
2: next year because this year's a write off. I found um, out this week that he broke the titanium plate not when he was riding the bike but allegedly by opening a door. Yeah, I know. Um yeah. So the, just to sum up, like playing tennis when you injure yourself as a Formula
4: 1 driver. Yes, the, uh, the Major event of the race was actually involving someone who I think was twelfth at the time, which was uh, um, Vinales. Ma- Maverick Vinales. Vinales choosing to get off a bike at 140 miles an hour when eject a brake fa- failure. Top gun. and thanks to the airbag suit and his, his, his I'm sure, tan falling off. And there is a tan to fall off, obviously. Uh, 145. Look, you ride away. a bike.
2: You ride a bike. I ride a bike. I wouldn't think about getting off a bike at 45 miles an hour. What's Never the highest mind. speed you've fallen off? Uh, uh probably about seventy five. Yeah, I think literally. I fell off at sixty. 65. Lost the front end. You go,
4: yeah. Low side. Yeah. You go a long way. No, you do of course. More long expensive the bike goes a long way, it costs a lot of money. But um My high side, I've done one of each and I'd never need to do no, I've either. I've done I've done three low sides. Often
3: it goes the, when a long way in the other direction, Nick, as well, which is... Uh... No,
4: it always
2: comes back to you.
4: Yeah, it's a nightmare. Uh, anyway, so I can't even imagine. I, I, the, having the thought, the presence of thought, then the bravery to get over 140 miles an hour, I, I know you think, well, you knew what the option was, but you tend to be clinging on for dear life when you things are going slightly wrong and hoping it's going to improve itself, but it did, yeah, it was amazing.
2: And by the way, he had already changed down to third gear by the time he got <laughs> off.
4: And just very quickly, of course, that meant we had a sprint race, effectively. Yep. Um, was it 12 laps? I think it was 12 laps, which was a fantastic last lap where Paul Esperago was on to take his first win for KTM. Then Jack Miller from Ducati wanted to stop him, but they actually managed to bump into each other and let uh, Miguel Oliveira, also on a KTM, with the first win in 20 years for Tech 3 Racing and irv And is that, is that his first in the top class? Yes, yeah, his I first it ever was. win.
2: Uh then is a fabulous guy. So
4: it was kind of a like a fairy story, but the main thing really is is that it's absolutely anyone's anyone's game this year. I was mean, poor. uh
2: was, was awful He, had he made up bricks, sub-
4: he got three points in total. Uh, the the Yamaha's all struggled with bricks all the yeah, way Yamaha in ninth was Valentino. Yeah. So it's interesting that when the thing's not working well, the person who can get the most out of a bad bike is, is Valentino. When it's working well obviously Quattararo's out there and winning, so uh, this is, this is, this is, Valentino this is Rossi, value of Experience. Who
2: has 89 wins out of the 900 <laughs> Moto GPs that have ever happened. Mm, it's it's also, an extraordinary. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's,
4: he's 41, he's still racing at the top level and, and justifying it. But yeah, KTM looked brilliant um, over the last couple of events. We're now moving on somewhere else. And I think it's it And Lucia we're going now. It's I'm obviously Spain, isn't it? It's, uh, no, it's San Marino. Ooh. It's San Marino next. Um,
2: Can I just say, though, what a great job. Misano. Uh, what a great job Red Bull Ring did in building that 12 metre long extension mm-hmm. to the wall um, to stop the same sort of incident or the potential of the same sort of incident. Uh, term one's going to have to be looked at now, no doubt about it, because if Vinales' bike had gone. 10 metres to the left, there's a big open space there. I know. It goes th- into
4: a car park. I've driven down there because you can actually get, when, when it's open, in mean, Creventic days, you can start driving around
2: a little bit of the old track.
5: Mm.
2: It's up and over. And you can go quite way down there. I think they're going to have to restore the old track. I think they're going to have to restore the old track because it goes round the back of that hillside they and reach out. If they it, wanted to... They could do. They were talking about it's it. it's money.
4: And it's a lot they've of got, money. They've got planning permission. Mm. I know it's, it's, re- I that know it's Red Bull and money isn't supposed to be an object, but
2: it is a lot of money. This weekend, live sport, we have Bruce and Johnny uh, at uh, Paul Ricard for the Le Castellet 240. And That's the second time they've been there for the four hours, but it's 240 minutes instead. And we also have the next round of the NLS, as Tim said, and it's the six-hour race. Uh, Pete Snowden and me on that at the weekend. And Nick
4: and uh, Bank Holiday Monday. We've got. Some, I'm doing some Marcy <laughs> racing for the first time this year. Is that a Bank Holiday? Is it? It's Bank Holiday Monday without the shed, the, except no, in Scotland. We're, we're, we're in de- We're down to the Hearts GP. We've managed to finally get a bit of coverage. It's a UK mostly event, but it will be um, proper RC Racing live. Uh,
2: before that, one o'clock on the Mobile One Facebook page, it will be the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb, uh, brought to you by Mobile One and presented from here, right here in the Midweek Motorsport Studios. Thanks very much to Pete Lyons, to Share Adam, before to Nick go. Damon and...
3: uh uh, Snettison, Glen Owen extended his lead in the British Superbike Championship to 118 points uh, over Tommy Bridewell.
2: I haven't watched that yet. You've just spoiled that. Oh, I might as well. I was going to watch that. No, i, I might as well just delete yellow button to that. God. That's brought me right down, that ass. Oh, a nightmare, isn't
3: it? <sighs> Don't worry, because uh, after the highlights of British Superbike, which you missed by li- being on this programme, uh, you've also missed highlights from Oliver's Mount.
2: Um, but I have got. Oh, no, that's tomorrow. I was going to say I have got the super, but the uh, supercars. No, that comes up tomorrow. Uh, thank you very much for listening tonight. Thanks to all our guests and the responsible adult. Great news! Uh, we have more years of RSL as the guardians, the custodians of Radio Lamont at Lamont and Haggerty. Join us as the title sponsor. So. From Thursday through to Sunday, it will be Haggerty, Radio Le Monde, this September. Tune in to RS1, and we'll have some great additional programmes as well, as every single minute that the 24-hour cars are out on the track. Live, free, no blocks, no brakes. It's the Radio Le Mans way, and this year, it's with Haggerty, people who love cars. Thank